Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> up ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the quartet sound out podcast once again i'm josh Evanoff. as always welcome by the one and only man of the hour too sweet to be sour it is angel ortega a lot of stuff to talk about this week folks uh we got jake paul tommy fury to go over uc vegas 70 bills for 291 and also it is the return of one of the goats john jones returning to the octagon this Saturday, EUC 285. Before we talk about all that, as always, quick shout out to our sponsors, Rogue Energy and Elixir. Code sound off for both of those. Both longtime sponsors of the show. You guys know what it is, Rogue Energy. Keep me fueled up. Keep me going through the day. Rogue, Ener- uh, Rogue Energy, fantastic sponsor for a long time. Elixir on the other end, though. Get your ass very, very high with their Delta 8, Delta 9, HHC products. Code sound off for both. 10% off of both if you want to go ahead and support us. And uh, get yourself something nice as well. But last, uh, we're talk- we'll, we'll go ahead and hit it off with the, with the biggest news of the week, man, honestly. Uh, if we're talking like recaps in a way, biggest uh, fight of the weekend in the Daria Arena in Saudi Arabia. The truth was how it was built going in. Jake Paul chased Tommy Fury around the world, trying to fight him in the U.S., tried to fight him in the U.K., ultimately they fight in Saudi Arabia. He spent two years searching him down, hunting him down, because he wanted to beat a real boxer. Instead, he comes up short by decision, uh, split decision, 74-75. One judge scored it for Jake, the other two, 76-73, uh, which is the exact way that I scored the fight. Um, look, man, Angel, a couple of things uh, coming out of this fight. I mean, I think... I don't know, I honestly don't think just kind of the way that anybody saw the fight going. Like, I think most people probably expected, you know, Tommy to do what his game plan was, but these two were very evenly matched. Nobody blew anybody out, you know. Um, it was a, it was a fun fight, honestly. It is what it, it is what it is, you know, to quote the great Max Holloway. So what do you think about it, man? <laughs> I like that. By the way, when you started talking, I did not expect this to start here, so it threw me off for a second, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm here, Josh. I'm here. Oh, okay. You're here. You're here. Yeah. Uh, fuck, man. I'm, I mean, you laid it out pretty nicely there. I, I mean, it's something like we were talking a little bit in the green room beforehand, a little bit about this. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was close. It was closer in the, obviously scorecards wise, it didn't seem like that, but it, like you said, skill set wise, the margin isn't as big as some people uh, expected it to be. And, uh, I'm guessing a lot more for the side of Jake, even some people for the side of Tommy, right? I think it went both ways, uh, depending on what view or perspective you had, right? Uh, mm-hmm. obviously, obviously there was people who kind of stuck to their guns, thought that Jake was going to beat the shit out of him, but there's also people like, oh, that, that Tommy Fury motherfucker, he's, he's legit. Mm-hmm. He's legit. You know, don't, don't sleep on him. You don't, you know, obviously Jake's talented, yada, 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 this, this, and that. Be aware. Uh, but like I was telling you, uh, beforehand, before we started the show, um, it, it, it was tight, man. I really don't think these guys are that far apart. In, in uh, boxing, I was talking to you about how the levels in boxing are so big, man. Because you got guys who capture titles, uh, smaller maybe regional titles or fucking diamond belts or whatever. We're not gonna fucking get into that whole topic, right? Yeah. Or secondary, but I don't even fucking know the, any of the names for him because they're all fucking dumb, you know. But um, the Mayan belt shit like that. <laughs> um, 
and how uh, every now and then you'll see these guys get to call up for mandatory or world champion, and they have a pretty decent record. They they seem pretty good. They're beating guys in pretty respectable ways, but then they'll they'll come against the top dog or one of the top guys in the division, and we see the skill gap between uh you know the the world class the true world class guys versus kind of the more middle of the pack, lower end guys were like, there is the massive skill cap. Because I was telling you, I'm like, Tommy Fury is 23 years old. Devin Haney became world champion at 23. Mike Tyson became world champion at 19. Obviously very different guys, very different weight classes, different skill sets, you know, upbringings, yada, yada, whatever you want to say, right? But think about how fucking good those two guys are that I named at that age. Mm-hmm. And how good Tommy Fury is. I mean, if you put Tommy Fury right now and against, you know, one of the fucking cruiserweight champs or whatever weight class you're fighting at, <laughs> I don't know if we'll have the same kind of success. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or even make it as competitive as he could. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, and look, everybody has a level and he's fighting to, and he's young in his career too. That's another thing. There's other factors, right? You know, obviously I'm not trying to say, look, he's shit, man. You know, <laughs> and it doesn't mean he can't grow. I mean, we've had guys who, uh, get older and have found a success later in their life and become champions in boxing and in MMA and other sports and, Stuff like that and found success. Uh, it's not even just combat, right? But um, yeah, he 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 did it, man. He he got the W. I think as far as the loss, Josh, for Jake. I mean, for me, it kind of builds it up. Like it actually, I'm actually genuinely more interested. In I wasn't in this matchup before because before you know, it was like I don't know. The name doesn't really do a lot for me. Obviously, it's 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 Tyson's little brother. Yada yada. This this and that. Real boxer. I mean, there was there was interest in there, but because. I was more interested in the celebrity. Really ready for Jake to make that transition to legit boxing, and I never even wanted him to. Uh, I never even thought that it would, he would ever take it this serious. But a lot of people who who have been great have, and obviously I don't I don't know what Jake's end goals are. I don't know if he'll ever be great. Have lost in their career, had some ripples, and I think this can only make him better, right? Anybody, anybody who's a real and true. Uh, real competitor and athlete learns a lot from loss and comes back from loss strong. Um, but I'll tell you what, the Tommy Fury we saw in here was, I don't think it's a Tommy Fury we've ever seen in any other of his matches. And granted, it could have been that he'd been fighting this level of his competition. He could have been doing, um, or maybe he was just this serious for this one, right? He rose to the occasion. I do think Jake had a little bit more to give, but at the same time, he wasn't allowed to give that much more, right? There's, there's mm. stuff like that. And, and, uh, but I think guys, they, both guys get credited in their own way, and everything at the end of the day is a loss, a loss, and the win was earned the way the, earned, the win was earned. And, it's, and uh, kind of referring back to roll back to the scorecards, and I'm jumping around a little bit. Mm. Like I told no, you, Josh, I had all three variations of scorecards they had because I thought they were all possibilities. Yeah. I just didn't expect to hear all three of them on that night. <laughs> were, uh, the match did get a little sour for me because of the point deduction. I fucking was thrown off for it because I thought the point deduction should have been reversed. I thought. Tommy should have got one for getting back to the head, and Jake should have got one for holding, right? Yeah, that's kind of that's that's funny. That's how I felt about it too. Yeah, and- I, I, Tommy landed in like the third round. Like Jake, you know, initiated the majority of the clinches, and Tommy landed like a pretty solid like right hand to the back of the head at one point. And just got a warning. I'm like, I feel like that should have been reversed, honestly. Yeah, no, I this it, and that really ruined the fight for me. Like I, I was so checked afterwards and keeping my scorecard and. And all that, obviously, the guys are still going to go, but I'm like, if the result gets really fucked up by this, and they, and they, and they play an effect in some capacity, because one of the cards could have been a different, there could have been a draw, Jay could have even had a bigger lead on one card, obviously, it doesn't 
it doesn't matter now. The results are what they are. You know, who gives a fuck, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, and, and I mean, the right man won, in my opinion. Um, there's not. I don't see a lot of arguments for where Jake win. Uh, some minor arguments for a draw, but even then, people are in like crazy about it or whatever. I mean, it, uh, it felt like it felt like a, a decisive loss. Like even if you even if you didn't think about it on the night of, which I can understand your point because your point, you texted me and I thought like, what? I almost said bad word there, but what is this man smoking? I'm like, what is he talking about? But then I was like, you know what? Two point deductions, a knockdown. You know, I can I can see where you can like get get your wires crossed. You know what I mean? If you rewatch the fight and come to the conclusion that like. Jake Paul deserved to win. I'm not talking about a draw. A draw, you know, with all the point deductions, I can see it. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any universe where Jake Paul won the fight, you know. Yeah. Fuck, but, man. We weren't, we weren't far from a draw, though, dude. Like, no, no, no. Been. We really weren't. I think, uh, they were, I thought, I thought the fight was, uh, 76-73, which is what two of the judges, uh, had it. I gave Jake, um, the third round, which I thought he edged. I think he landed like a good left hook in that round, if I remember correctly, which kind of shifted the momentum. And then round eight, obviously, when he when he got the knockdown with the jab, which it wasn't like a it wasn't like a knockdown, which we're used to seeing from Jake, where it's just like you know he flattens the guy. This was like kind of just you know, oh, Tommy's like oh, fuck, like you know he kind of he kind of tried to argue it, and I think he did just slip, but uh, still he got you know that was caused by a punch. He was off. Balance. I mean, I mean he got him in movement, which I mean dude, exactly he was off balance. It was a fair knockdown. Yeah, I mean it's it's fair. I mean it happens. So I'm not I'm not saying it wasn't fair. I'm just saying like it was more to the. I'm if you told me that Tom Fury got knocked down before the fight, I'd be like, oh, he probably lost. You know. I mean, like, I mean, Jake caused. I'll put it like this: Jake caused a knockdown. That wasn't caused by any other. No, no, no. Slip from the you know the shoes were slick or whatever. Right? That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying like he kind of caught him off balance. And if you told me before the fight that Tommy Fury got knocked down, I'd be like, oh, so he probably lost the fight then. You know what I mean? I just I would not expect him to call like get off the canvas. And once he got off the canvas, I thought he did really. He actually did really well. You know, in round eight. I yeah, I mean, they both they both had their moments. I think that was the other good thing because if it was just if it would have just been a Tommy show or a Jake show, it would have been really it would have been like dang, you know, <laughs> like and. and and, and again, like he, Jake, let me, let me be clear. I thought he clearly lost. I gave him two rounds. At the same time though, let's also, let's also, you know, let's be honest here. I'm seeing some people be like, oh, you know, he got exposed. And I'm like, you know, let's just, he got out of box. We I mean, both into this one, he yeah. had more power. He was, you know, he had that dog in him, which we weren't sure that Tommy Fury had. If you're going to come down to just heart and power versus pure boxing skill, a boxing skill won out, you know, that's just, I don't think I I don't I don't have any big over the top like um and I mean we've seen this of, yeah. we've seen this many times though Josh like this kind of clash of styles you know what I mean I mean it's it's almost uh not the same very different even how I play Devin Haney uh our boy from Australia Cambosos Cambosos asked right one guy was a fighter one guy was a boxer mm-hmm. you know what I mean obviously diff- different styles right not the same um. And obviously the level, right? You know, but yeah, I mean, and, yeah. Go ahead. And Jake, you know, and it's not to say Jake wasn't trying to box. I mean, he did show some stuff. There was some good things he did. I mean, Tommy just had certain fundamentals down better. Also, there was the first time Jake ever fought someone who can who was fast, at least faster than the guys he had boxed before. Mm-hmm. I think that was a, I think that was a bigger uh, big difference. I thought early on Jake's head movement looked better than what it did in previous fights. But as it progressed, it kind of went away a little bit. Yeah. And it could have been, and it could have been just not not being able to control himself, right? To be like, okay, I need to react, I need to react, and I need to be moving, I need to be bobbing, and weaving. Uh, I thought uh, Tommy's feints looked great. His jab was really good. I mean, it wasn't 
any crazy world class jab, you know. But it but it landed game. pretty much any time he wanted. Yeah, it landed yeah. any time he wanted. He he clearly had that fundamental down very good. Um, and like I think I, I think this is a very winnable matchup for Jake. I think he could come back, clean some stuff, and do some things. Uh, but uh, and for Tommy, I mean, even he could do some stuff. You know, I thought mm-hmm. he did some things well. I you know I was I thought he might have even he was gonna gas at one point. He did. He started off good. He did slow it down. He didn't slow down because he was tired or anything. He just, I think he just slowed it down to manage better because he knew he couldn't, because if he kept the pace up, I think he knew he would have gassed because he, he did it in a pretty boy Taylor fight, which I thought that was a fight that at the time really made me question him against Jay because I was like, look, I get pretty boy Taylor, but I'm like, this isn't pretty boy Taylor sport. He shouldn't be having, you should be making this not close. I felt like that's a fight that for me, he shouldn't have made close at all. And it wasn't it was it wasn't close, but it shouldn't have been what it was. You know, it should have. You're, you think he should have gotten out of there? Is what you're saying? He should have gotten out of there, or, or really fucking styled on him, really, really, you know, beat the shit out of him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, he won. I mean, I've always thought that fight was a little bit overblown. You know, it's not easy to. I feel like I know, was, I know but you, I feel like you got to beat certain guys a certain way, though, Josh. You know what I mean? I agree. I've always I've always thought it's important how you beat a guy is just as important as the level of competition you're beating. <clears throat> but after, I mean, it was really that fight. I was like, eh, you know. But even then, I thought like, okay, pretty good Taylor. It's not a, it's not a boxer. He's not, he's not. But he's a, but he's a tough guy. We've seen that. I mean, he's, he's a very tough it. guy. And I thought, you know, he's he's clever enough to make it through a four round fight. Yeah, and I mean, he did it against Andre Burger. Another, you know, like, legit I, like a legit prospect. Where I think Tommy is like. I gotta say, he isn't a legit. Yeah, I mean, Idris Adri- Berg was a legitimate prospect and better than Tommy Fury, and he couldn't get Anthony Taylor out of there. Yeah. So it kind of, but I mean, in terms of this fight, man, I feel like uh, just to kind of close it out. Honestly, give me your thoughts on uh, the rematch. You think the rematch is what should be next for Jake? Because Jake, yeah, this I mean, loss took out a lot of options, but it also it opens the door in, in other ways for other ones. That's what that's what I'm saying. I don't think the loss was bad. I think the loss benefits in certain ways. I think it helps him grow. I think. It can make this fight bigger. It makes some money, which, dude, I mean, this guy just made 30 mil. You know what I mean? Who doesn't want to make 30 mil again? Or 15 or whatever he's going to make. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and plus, if you can come back and win, get some, get a little, get some redemption, get that clout. And I mean, he's done that before, right? He fucking had the Woodley fight, which was, you know, eh, came out, was not looking great there for a bit, got him out of there. You know what I mean? And, and look, different matchup, different styles, all there, yada, yada. It is what it is, right? I'm just saying we don't know the possibilities. I'm just putting it out there, and maybe we get a little bit of magic, right? Um, and even then, if let's say for some reason there's some disputes, they can't get the matchup now, maybe they decide to do it down the line. I mean, the door for Gigi's right there, and that's a fucking big money fight as it is, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's the other thing for me, because for a while there, Josh was like, I don't know if we'll see JJ. Uh and I, I, I was always sold on the fact they were going to get it, but for a little bit there, I was fading away on it, fading away on it. I didn't know if we were going to ever see Jake versus JJ. And now it's looking like more of a possibility. I mean, the, the seed has been set, it's been planted, just has to be watered, taken care of, and we'll get it. Because uh, JJ's slated for a big year, but fuck, man, even JJ has his own problems to deal with coming up again, coming up against a potential Joe Fournier matchup, which that's what we believe. I don't know if it's 100% confirmed. Obviously, he said it was. We, we see that it's rumored. But it's not done and official yet, right, from what we know? Yeah, I mean, December seems to be the eye date. Um, I think now that Jake's lost and he's going to go back to the drawing board, I, I mean, I think the fight can happen sooner. I think KSI, 
He's a he's a smart kid. Yeah, I say kid. He's like twenty nine, but he's a smart dude. You know, I've always um, JJ thirty now. I think, bro. I kid you not. Really? That's that's crazy to me. But anyway, so he's he's JJ's a smart been guy. around the block, Josh. I mean, JJ was yeah, YouTube before uh, the the ball release. That's true. Yeah, he he was back on uh, PKA one hundred. If anybody's a PKA fan out there, wait on God. Yeah, they live. It was uh, one of the few live streamed PKAs back in like what? I don't know what year it was. Yeah, I'm they live streamed so... it. KSI was on. It was fun. Yeah. But uh, that just shows you how long he's been around, because that's one of the oldest podcasts ever, and he was on it right, right at the beginning. Yo, I'm so checked. I did not know that. So, anyways, yeah, Jay, he's a smart guy, though. He, I mean, you saw him going after Jake hardcore, like, uh, whenever he lost. I'm like, he's, like, that's the fucking C right there, you know? Like, he, he's, he's doing it, dude. And I think if he was really interested, I think if he actually truly was 100% committed to four, fighting 48, it'd already be scheduled. I think the fact that he's not shows that, you know, he's kind of, he's waiting to see what his options are. And the fact that Jake Loss opens up that fight as an option for him, it also opens up maybe fucking Nate Diaz, because Nate doesn't have a guy now, you know what I mean? Like, there's there's different stuff for JJ now that Jake Loss, too, so. I, I mean, mean, we need a salt poppy? <laughs> yeah, maybe. That is, that's what I'm saying, dude. There are more options. And ultimately, I mean, as far as the Tommy Fury match goes, I I don't want to see it right now. I. I'd be down maybe somewhere down the line I could actually – I'd be interested. But I don't think if they rerun this fight in May or June, I don't – I, I don't mean, think there's going to be enough time for Jake to make some adjustments to make it shit. that interesting. You, you, you know who was that fight, though? Fucking Tommy Fury, bro. Oh, fuck yeah. Tommy's like, dude, I got a fucking ranking. I I mean, outside of really – outside of taking, like, two solid look hooks and, and the jab knocked down the eighth, you really didn't take any damage, you know? Like – I mean, they, they, both, they both got the little worn down. I mean, they wore it on your face. Now, as far as, like, the actual damage, is a different story. We'll never know I that. mean, he, he – okay, look. Tommy, if I'll put it like this. If you double up a guy on strikes, you throw, like, 150 more strikes than him, you only get punched, like, fuck it. I think you – I think Jake only landed 40 strikes throughout eight rounds. That's an easy night of the office for you. I'm sorry. It just is. And I, I mean, I mean, you're not, no, you're not wrong, but it, I mean, fuck you. We know, pillow, we've heard of pillow hands. I mean, I don't think Tommy has pillow hands. You know I don't think Tommy has pillow. I think Tommy, this is what I, this is what I said whenever I was previewing the fight last week. I was like, he's more of a Max Holloway than a Chad Mendes, so to speak. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, if, if some land good, they land good, you know? Yeah. And he, he, you know, it kept them pissing me off. Like Tommy, actually, like I've always, I've always thought like Tommy is not, He's not terrible, you know, and I always thought people just use his record to say that he's terrible. You he's know? good. He's, I mean, but like, like he had a typical boxer come up. He's good, but not great. Yeah, yeah. And I think also like he, uh, he's only been taking boxing training. Like he's obviously he talks the big game. But, like I've been, I was, I was born for this, you know. I was, I've been trained since I was a, a wee that, you know, like all that, <laughs> wee all that, that shit, <laughs> all that fucking terminology that they use, you know. But like the truth of the matter is, is and him and John talked about this. I think in the post fight, he's like. I really didn't take start taking boxing seriously until I was like sixteen, seventeen. You know, like he didn't really start training until then. And he's only twenty three now, so uh, he's going to be making some big leaps. And that's what I said last week too. I was like, Tommy did not look good in a lot of his recent fights, but he isn't boxed in a year. And whenever you're only twenty two, twenty three, that makes a huge difference. That's why you know we were surprised when Jake beat Anderson, but he was twenty five years old, and you make a lot of jumps when you're that age. So. Man, I everybody's, don't, everybody's different, though, dude. Some people click. Some people don't click. Some people yeah. click after shit like that, dude. We, I mean, fuck. Who, who's a good example of this who came off a loss who looked like a – fuck, dude, Calvin Cater, like from the Max Holloway return. You know yeah, what I mean? That's a good example. Like, he came back hard. I mean, he fucking – he beat Josh Emmett in that fight, let's be honest. But, let's be honest, yeah. But he came back fucking, what, two – 
Did he have another fight between the Josh? He uh, he came back. He beat the shit out of Giga Chikaze, who we've never seen again. And then, well, he's coming back. Yeah, but um, it's kind of he's been out he, two years now. Like it's kind of it, weird. Yeah, he had, but you know something. He I think he needed that because think about it. Had never lost, right? Yeah, fucking, yeah. I looked see. really, and especially on the feet, like he really needed to take a mental kind of like fuck me, dude. Like I lost on the feet, like where I'm good. Like no one ever beats me on the feet. You got to think exactly. about that too. I so mean, I'm sure that's a factor, but. That'd be um, like that be like Habib. It's not the same, but obviously it'd be like yeah. Habib losing wrestling, dude. Like, yeah. how? How's that possible? You know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, we'll 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 discuss more about Jake whenever we uh, we learn more about his his future. But I mean, final verdicts on on the fight, man. It was fun. It is what it is, and uh, I think ultimately. I mean, look, he, we'll keep we'll yeah. keep it like this, Josh. I mean, I know I'm cutting you off here, but yeah, no, go ahead. We're still talking about him, dude. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, whether, whether well, the fight- I'm more, I mean, I'm on your team. I'm more, I'm more invested now that he's lost because we can stop doing the whole "I'm a real boxer, I'm gonna fight Canelo," yada yada yada. Like, if we're just sitting here talking about entertainment, I've never had an issue with Jake as an entertainer. It's the whole like, fucking Canelo's a bitch, bro. Like he talked. The one that really got under my skin is whenever he uh, Joe Smith Jr. lost to uh, Better Be. He's like, bro, I could have done better than. I'm like, no, you couldn't have. Dude, <laughs> but look, but, but look, I, the thing is, like, like, no one ever took anything, no one ever took that seriously. No, it's just, it's just, and like, look, it, it, it's just, it's just, insert the Canelo clip, Josh. He want payday, he want payday. I mean, that's, that's all it is. Like, I can't hate on him for that. I'm like, fuck, yeah. dude, who doesn't want to make money? If you get knocked no, out, no, I get it. it's just, it's fuck, just, I just made 50 mil, it's, man. It's fuck more like, it's, it's not even Jake himself. It's just more like, I have, you have to hear about it from like all the other guys who kind of latched on to Jake for clout, you know what I mean? Like, dude, like, bro, like, if I have to hear fucking, is, Jake Paul's, re- like, after Sunday night, Jake Paul's a real boxer now, like, I'm like, dude, like, he was a real boxer the second he signed a fight, a pro fight, like, let's be honest, like, Sick. let's, let's just, I, I don't know, I just, I, I dislike the whole kind of, I mean, like, I mean, Josh, they, they got out script, like, they went out. Oh, yeah, out. right, yeah, I don't know, I just dislike a lot of the guys who kind of lashed on to him and tried to, like, and by the way. That, that shit was comedy, dude, though. did you hear the, good. did you hear the commentary on Saturday? Yeah. It was horrific. You think so? I've it was heard really bad. Have you have you heard DC comments? <laughs> no, trust me. I've I go out, I ran about DC once a month. I mean, it just is what it is. But I was like, I so I did, let me give you clarification. I didn't even watch the fight with commentary the first time, which could partially be why I thought Tommy clearly won, and I saw other people. You know, I I turned it off during the co-main because <laughs> God, I I was not a fan. And then I rewatched the fight with commentary, and I was like, dude, is fucking Sean Porter trying to gaslight me into thinking this is? <laughs> but do box, boxers always have a different, like, I'm not even surprised. If well, Sean Porter said that he, uh, Jake won. Dude, he's not the first combat person I've I know. Wow, you said too. You know who else said? Diego Sanchez? Oh, thank God for Diego. Dude, no, there's other combat guys who were like, I thought it was close, you know, I'm not going to say Jake. I, there, there are people that I respect, like, analysts who were Josh, like. Josh is like, Teddy Atlas. No, 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 Teddy Atlas didn't say that. I'm pretty sure Teddy said that Tommy won pretty cleanly, but it was more like, uh, I, I'm not going to name names. It but like, some, when there's some fighters who say it though, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to name names because but like the, these are my own coworkers, like people who uh, not not my own coworkers. We don't work in the same like publication, but like people who I respect in my field who were like, yeah, I scored it for Jake 75, 74. I'm like, dude, you're fucking high right now. Man. Well, dude, that was that was one of the three scorecards I had, man. So I wouldn't be surprised if someone said. Well, that. yeah, but like, like you said, you kind of gave up scoring after the fucking point deduction, so I can understand. No, I, I I kept scoring. I gave I I got checked after the second one. Oh, okay. So that yeah. well, there you go. Like you know, 
I still I still scored the dust two rounds, but then I, I I try to think about some rounds. You know, like I try to backtrack and then be like, wait, so how would it affect it if they scored it? You know what I mean? Yeah, I try to do that. Yeah. You know, I you know how I am. That. I always like giving. I, I I like giving my perspective, but I'm like, what if they gave that round? You know how I am. Yeah, that makes sense. I I have no problem with that, to be clear. So that's how. I, but I mean. I don't know. I think it's about time to move on. We spent a long time on the subject, but him can you fucking blame us though, Josh? I mean, I, I don't know. know. It was fun. It was it was the topic of the weekend. And I mean, it's not like we're gonna spend a long time on the fucking two MMA cards that happened. No, hey. Yeah, I mean, let's just, honestly, I kind of want you to get, get those out of the way. So we're just gonna go ahead and hit it off because honestly, I mean, we just uh, spent I mean, a lot of time on the pay per view. Well, I think we'll spend actually a fair bit of time on Bellator because I think there's a lot of stuff that, can, especially in the main event, we talk about. But did a lot of come um, out of that outside of we'll just? I mean, honestly, just the main event. But uh, we'll we'll go ahead and talk about UFC first because uh, look, dude, another Apex card, UFC Apex uh, in in Las Vegas, Nevada, UFC Vegas seventy. Um, this card going into it, I think we both kind of thought like on paper this is like a actually like a pretty good Apex card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's looking. Well, it's, once again, during, I'm not sure why this keeps on happening. These the Apex, it's like the third time or fourth time it's happened. Main event drops out mid show. Uh, Nikita Krylov got sick. Ryan's fan. He's supposed to fight. Had to back like they canceled the fight. So Brendan Allen and Andre Muniz, two uh, two ranked middleweights. I don't think actually Brendan Allen's ranked going into, it, but I know Muniz was got a got a, uh, a key spot. And dude, Brendan Allen putting on the performance I think on of his life. Honestly, twenty seven years young, solid winner should go into this big underdog though. Taking on Andre Andre Muniz, fucking he was hot man. Multiple wins in a row, putting beating some. Uriah Hall, Jock Array, Eric Anders, Brandon Allen just put it on him, man. He did not give him a second to breathe. He was on him for fucking the first bell. In the end, he ends up actually getting a submission win in the third. Very shocking, man. Give me your thoughts on this win by Brandon Allen and what this can mean for him. I mean, Brandon Allen looked great. I mean, it was clinical by him, dude. Great in, great in striking, great combinations. He was throwing fucking 9-10 punch combination out there, you know, and committing to them, sticking with them, and uh, and when the fight got to the ground, I mean, he fucking shined. I mean, the place where we thought Andre Muniz would give the most trouble, um, and for Muniz, Josh, I need to say, and I'm not saying it to disagree with Brendan Allen, but Muniz looked off. I'm gonna be honest here, Josh. Didn't look very big for, to me at 185. I thought he had looked bigger other times. You could see it in the legs. You could see it at the waist. Uh, he didn't look like, it didn't look like a shit weight cut or anything like that. He just didn't appear very big. I could I swear to God, I've seen him in the past and he looked, at least to me, like a lot more full. I mean, you saw him and Brendan Allen. I felt like there was a decent size difference. I mean, Brendan Allen looked very filled out, big. You saw in his legs, you saw in his, in his body, you know, the hips were filled out. Uh, and you know, he wasn't like super cut either. You know, he had a little, little extra chuck in there, you know? Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, getting the win and, Look, for a young guy, keeping that streak going on, shutting down a guy's high train who's a little older than him, and I think Brendan Allen had a ranked spot, right? Or so I think he, he went. Uh, out he right? was ranked. He was ranked at some point. I know during his UFC run, but he was not ranked going into the fight. Yeah, so he was ranked at some point. Well, now he's twelve, so he made his way yeah. up. Uh, I don't know who he pushed out because Kelvin's now fifteen, Chris Curtis fourteen, Andre Muniz thirteen. I just saw it right now. Uh, just updated, but. Shit, clinical man. I mean, what else can you say? Great finish for him. I just, I don't know. I, I I'm a little surprised. Kind of uh, underwhelmed as Andres Muniz loss. I don't think it was his best performance, and I feel like this isn't the best he can give us. I think something had been off. Um, I don't know if anything has come out post fight or anything like that. Obviously, there, a lot of fighters don't want to make excuses for themselves, even if they did have like some valid thing happened to them or something's going on. But 
I don't know, something just wasn't right. I mean, for a guy who came in hot beating guys like uh, Chalk Ray Sosa, legend, submitting him, Eric Anders, another submission. Obviously, Eric Anders, maybe not necessarily a fucking top five ranked guy, but really solid, tough opponent in his own right. And Uriah Hall, who I know he was out the door, but nevertheless a tough out and controlled him the, the whole fight. And now taking on a young guy like Brendan Allen, yeah, he's hung, he's, he's young, he's hungry, but a lot of people expected him to a lot. I mean, he was picked a lot. I mean, he was the he was the favorite. I mean, I, I, I sound really here. I sound very odd, Josh, because I picked Brendan Allen, but even I was surprised. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was really surprised, man. I mean, Andre Muniz going is. I wasn't entirely sure if he'd be able to get Brendan Allen out of there. In fact, I'm pretty sure I said the exact opposite. I, I'm pretty sure I said that he would not be able to. I thought I'd probably be able to control him. You know, um, he's a very heavy grappler, but dude, Brendan Allen. He just, he did not give him, a, he was on him from fucking round, moment one, not even round one, just, he did not give him a second to breathe, he wore down the gas thing, and by round three, Muniz, man, he was, it was gonna be, it was tough, man, it was a tough night of the office for him, and, uh, dude, Brendan Allen, this is what I kind of said when we previewed the fight, I'm like, this kid is, he suffered some big losses, and he keeps on, for, for two times in a row now in the UC, he's had, like, a winning streak, and he'll get up to, like, a, a higher level. And he'll just fall. You know, he had solid win streak, beat some big names, and he lost to Sean Strickland, who that was, I'm pretty sure that was Sean's uh, first fight for like a long hiatus. Or his second one. He wins a couple fights, loses to Chris Curtis. How, how long ago one. was that now, by the way? Huh? Sorry. How long ago was that? Sorry to you off right there. Uh, which one? Strickland? Yeah. November 2020. 2020. I mean, that was out three years ago. Well, almost three years ago. Yeah. He was younger, 24, 25 in that range. I mean, 27 now, going on 28. I mean, shit, he's in a good spot to kind of have it rolling back. And I, and like I said, Josh, 185 is for the fucking taking if you're coming up the fucking thing. Because a lot of these guys have already fought for the title. And if you beat a few guys near right there in the middle, near the top, you're right up there, man. You're right up there for a potential title shot. And just take it and keep going for it. And I'm very glad to see this because he's going to get a nice little name next. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I know I'm kind of moving the topic here a little bit, Josh. But at 185, as far as the ranked guys, I mean... Who would you like to see? Um, I mean, I think there's a fair bit of options. Um, shit, I, I, I don't know. I think I think you could give anybody 10 and up, right? Mm-hmm. I think anybody 10 and up is interesting. I mean, he's 12th right now. Yeah, I mean, so he's 12th right now. I'm pulling up the ranking still. U.S. side is taking its time for some reason. I mean, I can give you them real quick. Yeah, I'll just at this point. Okay, Adesanya 1, Robert Whitaker 2, Jerry Kanier, Marvin Vittori 4, Derek Grunson 5, Paul 6, Sean Strickland 7, Roman Delitzing 8, Jack Hermanson 9, Drake is 10. Uh, How do you feel about a rematch between Strickland and Brendan Allen? You know, Strickland just got one back. He had a little lost streak. They could run that not back. Books. Has some history. Yeah, you're not. You're right. Not book. Obviously, I mean, not, Jack fought. Jack fight left. He fought Roman, right? Yeah, correct. He got butchered by Roman Dudley there. Might be a little bit different to see uh, Jack and Roman's fighting Marvin, so that's going to take a while. Paulo is playing games. So, yeah, Sean makes the most sense. Unless they want to do Jared Cannonier, but I think we could slow it down a little bit. I don't I don't think he has to take that Jared fight now. But, yeah, he, I think he he's two names away from a title potential, Josh. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of – the middleweight division's always kind of been like that, though. I mean, we just saw it with Pahaya, you know. If, I, don't, I don't know what it is, just uh, – could just be lack of talent in the division, but I always feel like when it comes to guys who are ranked, a guy like Brendan, he's he, I completely agree. He's literally just two fights away. 
you know. Um, and beating a guy like Sean Strickland, that'd be huge for him. Again, that win back. Obviously, it still remains to be seen, but he's a, he's a guy that, like, I got my eye on, man. I mean, he was very, very young when he came to UFC. He, like, just turned 27. Like, it's not even like he's, you know, about to, he just turned 27, like, a month ago, you know. Um, he, I mean, he's prime time, right? Like, it's perfect. Yeah. So, it'll be, it'll be interesting what's gonna happen with him. He's got a lot of potential, uh, to do some big things in the middleweight division. Um, you know what helped him, Josh? I think he got yeah, the dad. Go I think he, I think he had a kid. I think he got the dad buff. Well, there you go. I think he might have had a kid. I could be wrong here, but but uh, yeah, he might he might have got the dad buff because I just, just saw a picture here with this kid. I'm like, dad buff. Between that and Tommy Fury's win, the dad buff helped Dude, a lot of people. I, I I was talking to Nate privately. I was talking to Nate, well not privately, but we were talking in general, and I was like, "Dude, the dad buff's a real thing, man." <laughs> like, yeah. I I got I mean we've seen I mean fucking Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> Tommy Fury, <laughs> Cowboy Cerrone, Conor McGregor, <laughs> you know, Dad Buff is a thing, man. Yeah. Deontay Wilder. <laughs> well, there you go. There's another one. Yeah, I mean the Dad Buff is a very real thing. So uh, good for Brendan Allen, man. Good for him. But I'm I'm happy, man. It's a good feel moment. Yeah. I'm curious to see how Andre Muniz recovers because he's ranked. His next fight's not going to be easy. So, um, uh, curious to see who they give him. I wonder if they give him like a Jack Herbanson type. That'd be a fun clash of styles. Mm-hmm. Both coming off losses, both ranked jujitsu. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But I mean, it's probably I'm, not- I'm, being, I'm I'm playing UFC matchmaker again, Josh. I mean, a year. I don't know when it was. I don't know if it was last year, the year before that. But I was Nostradamus with these matchmaking man like you you would have you would have thought i had that you insider. know we know that mcmahon listened to the show i mean let's just <laughs> i mean i had that insider trading josh like i i was saying james Krause? and they were giving fucking man james Krause wish he had me in this camp uh, <laughs> um anyways man let's go ahead and move on down to the co-main event it was a makeshift one obviously due to the the schedule and car change um augusto sakai picking up a win over don Salem mays Pretty easy night of Alex for him, uh, 30-27s across the board. Uh, thoughts on him picking up the win? This is one that the uh, Brazilian needed really badly. He had lost four in a row, and so uh, he finally gets that big needed win. Well, they, they did the proper thing when they need to do with a lot of guys who are who are ranked, Josh, who have, like, multiple, lists against, multiple losses against ranked guys. And they gave him that really far step back in competition, Dante Mace, who kind of needed a – after his fight with the, with a – the boy Hammy, who ended up popping for the, for the for the bad stuff, you know. This is Azul. Yeah. <laughs> we ain't gonna talk about that. And uh, you know, this is kind of his way of like, okay, you know, we kind of gave you a guy who's coming in kind of hot, not a fair matchup because of what he did. Let's kind of give you a guy who's uh, in, or I don't know if he is currently in the rankings or was in the rankings at one point, ranked pretty high, who's coming off of a, quite a few bit of losses against very good level guys in that, you know, Alistair Overgene, Rosinho, Ty, Sergey. I mean, two fucking. I mean, multiple guys in there who are either who have challenged for the uh, title or right there do challenge for the title. Uh, so for him, it was it was a nice one to get back, and they gave him opportunity. Let's see where where you're at. What's your level? Can you are you still there enough to beat guys on the outside of the rankings or on the lower end of heavyweight? And he did. He got it, and it was a solid win. Um, nothing to blow your socks off, but I mean, Dante Mays has a level, and I mean, we saw that here in Sakai's. At a higher level, it just hasn't 
It's just not being able to get it done against the guys who are above him. I mean, I think at this point in his career, he's somewhere in between. Because there's nothing wrong with, I mean, not every guy is going to be champion. And sometimes you need some guys who can fill in. And who knows? We could see him kind of get a few, string some ones together, get back in there, get himself decently ranked, and maybe challenge for the title. I mean, heavyweight's one of those divisions, once again, you start kind of racking those wins up, you're right there for a title shot, too. Or at least you get yourself into those conversations where you're fighting ranked opponents. I mean, it's not very odd to see a guy... And in the heavyweight division, fight a lower ranked guy because that's just how the division moves. I mean, these guys can fight whenever, at whatever time, but heavyweights for some reason are hard to come by, you know, so you're kind of running. Yeah, I mean, I was about to say, part of the reason why you get these guys, these matchups like this, is because the division is so fucking thin. I think there's only 35 heavyweights on roster, 38. It's a really small number. I mean, that's still a fair bit, though, Josh. You know what I mean? Because some of the other places have way less than that. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, it, is, I'm, it is the weakest division. I'm I'm, I'm checking it right now because you got me curious. I'm pulling it up. Let me scroll all the way down. They got actually is that 34. UFC's website is a little bit is a little bit shocked. No, so I don't know there, there's there's another one you can go to that I'll I'll send you privately afterwards. There's 37. 37. There you go. Which I mean, Josh, that's that's quite a bit though. Still, but granted though, once you start kind of breaking it down into guys like. No disrespect, Chase Sherman, Jake Collier. Yeah, there, there's a tier. There's you know, a yeah. you know, and uh, Josh Parsons. Guys are kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, and guys with even small records like Justin Toffa, who's like five and three. You know what I mean? And yeah, uh, Dontel Mays is now nine and five. Uh, but there's there's some heavyweights we haven't seen in a while. Josh, like fucking Juan Espino, Walt Harris, Stipe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Charges Dono, who I don't even know if he's still in the UFC, who fought like Jorin De Castro last. I don't even think you remember that name, Josh. I I have no idea. You could have just yeah, you could just made that man up for me right now. And I fucking well, the reason he was an interesting guy to me is because he was a Syrian, and uh, he fought Jorin De Castro like back in 2020. We haven't seen him in, like two years. So I don't know what happened mm-hmm. to him. I don't know either. But I mean, yeah, the heavyweight division's a bit. Yeah, it's a bit it's a bit lacking at the moment, but um, I mean, back to just this this fight specifically. Good for Augustus the guy, you know, always been an interesting guy. Um, I remember when he came to the, the UFC, I was really really surprised about his success because I watched the Bellator run, wasn't impressed, and then he rattled off a big win streak, then rattled off a lot of losses, and we'll see what he can go ahead and do and see if he can build on the momentum of this win. But you know, if, if we're being honest, dude, I feel like the bigger the bigger news coming out of this card was not Brendan Allen's win. It was not Augustus Akai's win. It was not anything that happened on the prelims. I think if we're being honest, it was uh, Tatiana Suarez. You know, you know, Josh, when we were talking accountability earlier before this show about, you know, yeah. I, I'm, I might have to take some accountability here, Josh, and I didn't think I was going to have to take it on the show about the Jake thing or whatever. Or I don't, I forgot why I brought it up earlier in, regarding if I was going to ever bring it up. I think I just brought up how I had said it previously in the show in general. Yeah, yeah. But I was not a fan of this matchup. You remember that. We talked yeah, about that yeah. privately. I got to say, man, I, it was a lot better than what I thought. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say it. It was a lot better than what I thought. I mean, I still don't think it was my ideal matchup that I wanted. But as far as what Montana De La Russa showed, I was like, okay, I get it now. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a good matchup from, from jump, honestly. I thought uh, Montana has – she's a solid grappler. She's not top tier. But she is a bigger women's flyweight, and it's been, you know, four years. So that's, that's a long time, man. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I was definitely 
Well, let me right, let me let me go ahead and shift the conversation a little bit to this. Coming out of that fight with Montana De La Rosa, do you think Tatiana Suarez? Because you could definitely tell she had a bit of ring rust. What do you think should be next for her? Do you think she should stay at flyweight, go back down to strawweight? You think you should take a tune up, or do you think she's just gone for the title next? I mean, shit. Dude. I mean, whatever, whatever is healthy for her, you know, weight wise and cutting wise. Because, I mean, she's gonna find success, right? You know, I think if she feels comfortable at one weight class, obviously, if long term, you can make that weight cut. You feel healthy. You're not gonna. You're not killing yourself to make it. You you think you can make it on a regular basis? Go for it. Uh, but uh, going forward, I mean, shit. I mean, I think the UFC should try to push her a little bit, get her in the middle of a pack fight. I mean, she she is a name. She has value. If I'm a gal in this division, I'm like fuck it. Give me Tatiana Suarez next. Let me take that O away. Let me shut down this shit. Let me let me show why I'm here in this position and she's not. You know. I, I'm healthy. I can fight. I don't know about her. You know, stuff like that. I was going to try to talk shit or anything, but you know what I mean. Talk shit about the answer right now? Uh, I'm about to get Patchy Mix on your case, bro. Uh, I mean, Patchy Mix can get these hands. No, I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's more like Patchy Mix gave me these hands, if anything. Oh, shit. <laughs> anyways, no, anyways. No, but I mean, okay, so her whole thing right now is she's – so she's doing the – she's not committed on a weight class. That's what I'm trying to say. Um. She says that she's going to go down to straw weight, but she also – she's gone back and forth, you know, her entire time that she's been away from the sport. So I don't see, I don't know how committed she is to the idea. See, that's, that's the thing, dude. I, I don't like this wishy-washy shit. Like, unless you're Jessica Andrade and you're highly ranked in both, I got no problem. I mean, Jessica Andrade's ranked four in both. You know what I mean? Yeah. But she's earned that. She's earned that right. Tatiana Suarez, I mean, we haven't seen her in a while. Obviously, the injury's injury-prone. Obviously, she's very good, but I mean – can we afford to have her on both, you know what I mean? And taking mm-hmm. up a ranking spot, you know, and not be active. You know what I mean? Like Jessica Andrade at least is very active. I mean, she gives us, what, three fights a year? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And she, she can bounce back and forth. She'll take fights on short notice. Or I think Tatiana Suarez isn't the person who would likely take a fight on short notice. I mean, I'm talking more from a company aspect, from an entertainment yeah. aspect. Yeah. I would obviously love to see her in any weight class, you know what I mean? But if she's committed to fucking straw weight, I'd say, fuck, Amanda Hebos. I mean Mackenzie Dern, Josh. I mean that's Oh man. I mean Mackenzie Dern is just salt poppy do the little hand thing right now, Josh, you know. <laughs> I mean that's that's a match Michelle Waterson too, even though and I think Michelle's past her better days. Uh, uh Yeah, I mean if I'm sorry to cut you off, I honestly think that right now all of those matches make sense. I wouldn't even hate you said Michelle Waterson, I wouldn't even hate that one because I honestly think that Coming out of this fight, dude, I think Tatiana Suarez looked good, but I think that uh, she she's got a ways to go, you know. Yeah, I mean, look, even if she, you're right, maybe she could have gotten Nintendo Rosa out there sooner, right? If she was a had it been such a long layoff, right? The, maybe if the ring rust wasn't as much as it was, or whatever you want to call it. But she came back strong though, still. Uh, at flyweight, I mean, shit. I mean, Macy Barber, Andrea Lee, Jennifer Maya, Viviana Rujo. Lauren Murphy. I mean, they and they can she and look, she can get to that title very fast in that division. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd say two fights and she's in the top five, top six. Shit, she could get top five after one fight if they really want to push her that hard. Just whether or not they decide to. Um, mm. I'm, I mean, she's one of those girls that I think for one, she's gonna be very hard to get fights for, and uh, kind of figuring out. And especially, I think she she needs the time to make the weight, you know. 
That's the other thing. Yeah, I mean, I think I think her win, obviously, huge to get a win. It's good to kind of get, like, the monkey off your back, so to speak, to, uh, you know, just get back in the cage and to pick up a win is huge. That being said, I think um, that performance, man, that was that was a solid one, and she's still a savage, but I think that I'd like to see her take, a, take another tune-up. Possibly, you know, not the Tyson Page are out, maybe a bit more accelerated than that. You know, Tyson yeah. came back like, and got multiple like Sean, Like Sean Strickland. Yeah, something like that, you know, like – Go from unranked to top 15 to a top 10 to a top 5 to, you know, top shot. I don't think Suarez will wait that long. Like, but I think it's not, one more tune-up. state of division. Yeah, one more tune-up, I think, solid. I think that's, like, the way to go. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts on fights across this card, man? I think Mike Malott picked up a good win. Ode Osborne picked up a solid man, win. But is. I know there's one fight you're waiting to talk about. Look, there there is, but let's, let's take a pause here on Mike Malott, dude. This kid is fucking good, and it's so under the radar. He's we, very good, yeah. We saw what he did to Mickey Dahl in that fight, where he just put him out. And then he comes into this fight and gets and gives us, like, still very good on the feet, but gives us a finish on the ground that was very high level, too. And I'm just like, this kid has 10 professional fights. His only loss, Josh, was at featherweight against Hakeem Dowdu. This guy fights yeah. at Russell now. It makes you wonder... But if he was always fighting at welterweight back then, obviously younger, body type was still developing, whatever, right? But God fucking damn, this Canadian is something special. I'm curious to see what he can do, man. Welterweight's a tough fucking division, especially in the UFC. I mean, there's, I mean, we're talking Michael Chiesa, Jack De La Maladena, Michelle Pejea, uh, Muslim Salikov, who's not even ranked, fucking RDA, who's not even ranked, I think, right now, D-Rod, Chaos Williams, Gunnar Nelson, Jake Matthews. Fucking Max Griffin, Philip Bro, uh, Nico Price. I'm talking about not ranked fighters, Joss. I'm talking mm. about guys who aren't even in the top 15. Once we start getting to the top 15, I mean, Shockbot, Jeff Neal. Yeah. You know, this division is full of killers and it's kind of making me wonder, what is this kid's level? I mean, what is, like, this young man, another bonus. He's entertaining. He was on a main card. I hope to see him fighting in this year. I hope he's active. I love to see two more fights, obviously. It's February now. I don't, I don't think you took a lot of damage. Brother, I'd love to see you fight here in another in four months if you can. I know it's just a personal request. I'm yeah. <laughs> probably not listening, but goddamn, I, I'm, you really got me hooked. Well, now. No, man. I think, I think Mike Milano is a huge fan of the show. Yeah, actually, I actually personally reached out to Mike Milano. Josh. No, I didn't. No, I mean, on a serious note, he is, uh, he's one of the more intriguing prospects at the moment. Yeah. Um, the way that he came in and just annihilated Mickey Gall, you know, like I was like, damn, this guy's a fucking problem, man. And then he goes out there and then he wins this one too. I mean, this um, one told me. I, th- I thought the Mickey Gall win was like fuck, but you know, Mickey kind of, I don't know, you know, I had hopes for him. Obviously, with he he picked up a who was a Matt Brown as a coach, mm-hmm. or I don't know if it was Matt Brown. Uh, it was a uh, was it Matt Brown? It was I think it was Matt Brown. Yeah, more Matt Brown. It was Brett yeah. Brown, and he was helping with the striking. I was like, dude, that's fucking awesome. But I think for that fight, he wasn't in this corner. I think he had gotten sick or something. Don't quote me on that. So at the time, I was like, dang, you know, I don't think we got to see fully where Mickey's going to go with all his striking and stuff. So, but now I'm like, fuck, Mike Malone's fucking legit, dude. <laughs> like, I should have. I mean, I think it's another kind of. I wonder if he's going to be like another Jack Dylan Maladena. Josh, like, gets finishes, quick, mm-hmm. very talented. I mean, dude, that's. 
these are two heavy handed guys coming up and you're just like, dude, I, I don't know. I'm just, I want to see more. I want to see them next. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I think he's, like I said, he's one of the most intriguing prospects of the moment. Um, I mean, it's him and Jack hand. in this division, right? Oh, go ahead. I mean, it's him and Jack, right? Absolutely. And the fact that these guys could somehow fight in the future is fucking insane. And not even oh, that far. You didn't even, I wasn't even thinking about that, John. You weren't even thinking about that? Oh, come man. on, man. God, dude. you just you just made my cock rock hard, dude. You're a rock hard of the motion. You got a phoner, in the words <laughs> of JK here. I still God. think that's the funniest shit, anybody. I, I, I think that's that's an underrated MMA moment right there. Jake Hager wins his first MMA fight, gets on the fucking the mic. I got a phoner. I'm rock hard with emotion right now. Is that really what he's, fans, you know? God. I mean that that that's the fucking WWE superstar in him, I right? Know. I know. But anyways, yeah, back to Michael Lott. Uh, solid win here, man. Very impressive. And one of the guys that like God, if you're not the words of Dick White. If you don't know now, you know. I mean, this guy's a fucking savage. So I'm very excited to see what he does next. I mean, as far as the fight, the fight card goes, man, there there is a clear one. I thought you were going to go and talk about this one as like a layup, uh, but we just go and let's shout him out to Jordan Levitt. The Monkey King. God damn, dude. If you had any questions on how good he is, you, you learned. Knockout win. First knockout in his UFC career. Well, let me rephrase. First knockout with the hands in his UFC career. He, if you, guys, if you guys don't remember his, I believe it was his debut when he slammed Matt Wyman through the mask. That was brutal. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm a huge fan of this guy. What do you think about his win over uh, Victor Martinez? He needed it. I think he needed it mentally for himself. You know, he, he just needed to get one back. And Jordan Levitt's one of those guys that is obviously the Patty Pemmel loss. I think a lot of people were like, ah, I don't know how good he is. But he had his moments in that fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. So to see him back, get that win, especially one, one on the feet and a finish like that, kind of give a different look. And especially – to kind of add to what to what his arsenal already had, because obviously he, he the wrestling background that he had from coming in from high school with the jujitsu he had been working on, working on the clinch that he did in that patty fight, and then adding kind of those tight knees or just knees in general to his striking. I mean, it was another layer that was always there for him, and he probably just didn't think about it or someone had to notice. I'm like, dude, we, maybe we should integrate this into your game, and he did. And fuck, it's another tool he has his option, and if he keeps growing. I mean, who knows what his limit is? I mean, he's 27 years young, about to turn 28 this year. He still has a long time in this sport. I will be said, I think he is someone who could get to a decently high level. Uh, do I think he'll be champion? I don't know. I'm not necessarily sold on that idea. But at lightweight, it's a very competitive division. He's very awkward uh, in his fight style, in his striking, and everything. And even in his personality, he's a little quirky. He's fun. He's different. But I think that's what makes him unique to this sport, and it adds something because – just like a guy like Tony Forrest, and there's no one like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. I actually completely agree. I think he's he's fun. You know, I think that's the only way to put it. He's actually fun. You know, like he's. We, uh, we need we need people like him. We need different personalities. Not you everybody know? has to be this fucking alpha male, super macho, fucking raging and testosterone. Yeah, we don't need we guys like guys like Jordan Levitt are fun, man. They're different yeah. guys. So and, it, and someone can find him relatable too, you know what I mean? Not yeah, everyone, exactly. So not go. not everybody can relate to Michael Chandler, who's a fucking gym rat, jacked out of his mind, spiritual and religious. You know what I mean? Not, That's know. what Ryan Hall's always been, my boy. You know? Yeah, like, <laughs> and, and Jordan Levitt's kind of like a uh, little awkwardish, you know, quirky, fun, nerdy. 
like someone out there can actually relate to him. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, yeah, dude, I was very happy. I was very surprised to see him pick up that win, but I couldn't be happier. Um, so good for him. Excited to see what he does next. Um, also on the undercard, uh, Jasmine Jadavicious, who's quickly turning into a very interesting prospect, picked up a win. Um, She's someone I've had my eye on too since her debut. Um, yeah. I think I think she came off the Contender Series too. Uh, she, I believe she had an impressive. Fin- I don't know if it was a finish, but I know she had a good performance in that. Obviously, got her on in the UFC. But fuck, man, you know Contender Series hands out contracts to anybody nowadays. Pretty much, yeah. But uh, yeah, kind of talked to her about it a little bit. Yeah, that was sick to see a lot. You know, a lot of these fights had a lot of ground elements, Josh, where, like, the fight ended on the ground or there was a lot of control on the ground. There was some aspect of it being on the ground. Obviously, it's MMA, we're going to see that. But, you know, there's some nights where you don't get a lot of jujitsu ground, wrestling exchanges, you know what I mean? Tonight, we got a lot of that. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so definitely, uh, she is somebody that, you know, is an interesting prospect. So, um Obviously picked up, like you mentioned, came into the contender series, beat my girl Kay Hansen. You know she's uh, she's got a couple of solid wins. So interested to see where uh, where her career goes from here. Um, last couple of fights to uh, discuss. I mean, Odie Osborne picking up a win over Charles Johnson. I thought that fight was going to be more fun than it was, but same. Um, yeah, it was still it was fun. It was it was okay. You know, uh, Joe Selecki picking up picking up a win and uh, big. I mean, Trevor Peak. If we're being completely honest, kind of one of the bigger stars of the card. First round knockout over Eric Gonzalez just murked him. Uh, so yeah, solid performance there. Uh, any closing thoughts on this card before you go ahead and uh, move on to Bellator? I mean, nothing else, man. We kept it up really well. I mean, fucking something we didn't mention. Fucking UFC veteran half of all is getting obliterated in the first. In this, I mean, getting dominated. I guess is probably the proper way to put it. Yeah. And and the opening. Fight of the night, kind of interesting that you gave a younger guy with kind of a very small record, someone who was so experienced and been around the block now for a while. But, I mean, shit, I guess maybe they want to see how fucking serious he was, how big time he was, and we saw it. He's pretty legit. Uh, not the most exciting fight, not the maybe not the most uh, highlight performance, but he did what he had to do and got the W against a guy who is a veteran and has been around a while. And you don't see it a lot of times where you get kind of these newer guys who get these older guys who've been around for a while in these tough fights. Mm-hmm. Or I guess a guy with this much experience. I guess it's probably the proper way to yeah, put it. Yeah, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Um, yeah, I mean, closing thoughts on this card, though. Solid, solid night of fights. Pretty fun. Yeah, it, yeah, it did its thing. It wasn't anything... It wasn't the best fight night. It wasn't bad. It, it was good, and it provided enough entertainment. Exactly. So... Uh, moving on to Bellator, because they also had a card. Bellator 291 going down from the three arena in Dublin, Ireland. Not a whole lot to say about this one outside of that main event where Yaroslav Emisov. God damn. I, I mean, we, we've sung this kid's praises a lot. You know, obviously not even just for in the cage, out of the cage stuff. Um, and then he takes the time off, fought and uh, defended his home country. In Ukraine, comes back against Logan Strolby, one of the best welterweights on the planet, a guy who took him to the limit just not that long ago. Instead, Yaroslav Amosov beat the shit out of him from pillar to post, dominated every single facet of the game, 50-45s across the board, and still. Dude, give me your thoughts. I think going into this fight, 
we we picked Amasov, but I don't think anybody expected it to be as dominant as it really was. Fuck me, dude. I had to stand up for this one for a second to kind of, like, bring it all in. That was a beautiful performance, Josh. I mean, you talk about a guy defending his title. Fuck, dude. He wasn't just defending his title in there. He was defending something else in there because he... That might have been the best Yaroslav Amazon performance I've ever seen. And granted, the five rounds adds to it, right? Another two rounds to 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 show off and give your skill a set. I gotta give credit to Logan's really tough son of a bitch because he's he was still there. He was still trying to do something, but it was almost futile. Match, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't enough. And uh fuck dude. He couldn't get his takedowns, he couldn't get going, but the striking, which I thought would be the thing that would probably cause Logan the most trouble. If he couldn't get his wrestling going, it just, it wasn't even close. I mean, the combinations were long. They, he was stringing them together, it, starting with kicks, finishing with kicks. And at different spots, uh, to the body, to the leg, to the calf, to the thigh, to the fucking head, everywhere, man. He was, he didn't give him any, any type of, uh, moment to catch on to the rhythm of the fight. He never let him, let him start. I mean, Yaroslav Amazov dictated this fight from round one to round five. I don't think there was ever a moment where I felt Logan found much of any success. He wasn't even close to sniffing a takedown. Um, I mean, this is the guy with the best active record in MMA and potentially the best record in MMA very soon if he continues to defend this title the way he is because he's 29 years old. He's 27 and 0. He even had to take, give up some time. I mean, he could have, he could already have the tying best record in MMA if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy is high level. I mean, people are always going to question him because he's not in the UFC and might not ever be in the UFC. But fuck, man, you can you can see that he's good. You can see it. It it, it doesn't. It is so evident, and obviously coming from where he was just at, and 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 the story and how inspirational it is, and we've talked about it on the show, and Bellator talked about it, and kind of what he provides for his country and everything. And I mean, this guy is a now a veteran. A champion and a symbol for his country. I mean, fuck, man. His parents must fucking be so proud of him. I know that's such a random thing to say. No, no, I get it. But it's yeah, uh, the entire country's proud of him, honestly. Yeah, you know, I and he's he's done something incredible, and he he's not returning even by his own choice. He's returning by the choice of the people he was surrounded by, the people he was with that they that were protecting his country. You know, this guy saw some real shit out there, and he's talked about how it's affected him. And you got to credit to him because uh, he's just not carrying the scars of fights, but he's scar- he's carrying the scars of war. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, just to kind of go ahead and – I think you surmised it very well there. Um, just to kind of go ahead and get my thoughts, I kind of want to go ahead and break in. Because we've been going for like an hour, and I think we've probably got time to break into uh, USC 285. <laughs> um, but uh, Come on, Josh. Let's have fun, dude. We no, have no, no. I'm still, I'm still gonna, we're still going to talk about it, though. We're still going to talk about it. I mean, this um, – this car is not going to take very long. I've got my job to do, Angel. I've got a job to do. No, you don't have to do your job, Josh. No, yeah. Well, not, not <laughs> for like an hour. Anyway, so in terms of, uh, in terms of, uh, Yaroslav Amazon, dude, this is a kid who, uh, damn. I mean, that's basically the only thing I could say is damn. I mean, to, this is, this is, um, you don't see shit like this in the year 2023. And that's kind of why I want to go ahead and reflect it and just kind of, like, discuss his, his greatness, you know? He's a guy that I, I want I you, whoever you are that's listening to this, to compartmentalize what Yaroslav Amosov's, uh life has been like. 
for the last year and a half. Um, top of the world, world champion. Maybe dreams of UFC, maybe dreams of staying in Bellator and becoming like a, one of the greatest fighters ever. All of that derailed in a single day. And then you sign up for the military to defend your homeland, the place where you lived, the place where you grew up. You know, you didn't get to see your family. There was a very real chance. There are some guys who, like, for example, like Yusik, from my understanding, like, I know he was in Kiev whenever Kiev was being bombed hardcore at the beginning of the war. But from my understanding, he didn't see much of the actual front lines and actual in, – in sim, similar case for, for uh, Lomachenko, because Lomachenko works more at the border and just getting people across the border and, and you know, stuff like that, from my understanding. Still uh, badass, though, dude. Still badass, and I want to be clear. Like, they're better men than I. That's not what I'm saying. But Yaroslav Amoslav was in the thick of it. From he was he was not one of those guys who got like you know how like Elvis was fucking in the military and he got like a, he got the cushy job back in like the sixties whatever no Yaroslav Amoslav was out there in the trenches okay uh, there were guys who like died in his platoon like there that's a, that's a, that's actually something that happened and then for him to be persuaded because he didn't want to go he was persuaded to go back to the cage and for him to go back there and face a guy who was doing. While he was fighting for his life, Logan Storley was becoming champion. He beat Michael Venom Page. You know, he was, he was, he was just, uh, he was doing all the things that Amasak couldn't. And he was improving and he was getting better. And you know what? It didn't fucking matter. Cause Yaroslav Amasak was a man on a mission and he beat him from pillar to post. There was not a single fuck having like winning around. Like there was, a, there was, maybe one or two moments that, you know, Storley won throughout the fight. So just extremely impressive, and I cannot speak any higher um, of uh, his performance on, on Saturday night in Ireland. So incredible performance, incredible win. Um, as far as the rest of the card goes, man, um, you know, it is what it is. I mean, Jeremy Kenny picked up a good one in the co-main. Uh, what's going on? I mean, dude, Peter Quigley has to stop fighting in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is, this is a guy, he's lost his last three fights. Were they all in Ireland? So, well, he's actually, okay, so in Bellator, he's fought yes, in Ireland. They were, yeah, they were all in Ireland. But he's fought in Bellator, he's fought in Ireland one, two, five times. He's won one of them. <laughs> so they gotta stop having his, and the guy that he was fighting, Bryce Logan, I believe, was 0-4 in Bellator coming into this. God. Yeah, so terrible. Just rough night, man. But give me your th- overall thoughts on this card, man. It was another Bellator Ireland uh, offering. So as we expect, you know. Man, very very early on the card. I mean, they're young guys. I'm talking like they're 6-0, and 5-0 like the, at the very start. On the prelims, showed off very well, man. I, I got to get credit guys like Stephen Hill, uh, Demiri Hinsenko, the Ukrainian fighter, Hassan. Uh, we talked about it in the pre-show. Well, uh, by the way, quick shout out. You mentioned guys on the prelims. Did you see Dara Kelly's fight? Uh, no. I don't know if I see pronounce his name, but I don't. I don't think so off the top of my head. I I caught his song and I turned it off for a little bit after that because I was I was dude I was. <laughs> I'm not even gonna get into it. Some shit was going on. <laughs> I mean, regardless though, this uh, this dude was a fucking savage. Uh, I mean, I kind I was aware of him before this, but dude, he went in there and just. Dominate. I do like. I turned. I turned it on right at this time, and he just dominated. So I mean that um, SBG, that SBG Ireland, Jim, Josh, and I think all of them in general have been producing some pretty good young talent, talent that we haven't even seen yet. Because fuck, dude, the Conor McGregor rise in Ireland helped grow those gyms so much and has brought in so many young kids who are like, I want to be world champion. 
And I mean, shit, you you see it right there. I mean, this kid. And I'm looking at it right now, Josh, and I know I cut you off a little bit there. Yeah, eight and zero, eight and zero Amy record, and now a three and zero professional start in Bellator. I mean, shit, <laughs> looks pretty <laughs> good, right? Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I'm glad you gave shout-outs to some of those undercard guys because, honestly, the undercards were uh, – the undercard was arguably more entertaining than the main card, to be honest with you. If we're if we're discussing the card outside of uh, Amasov and probably uh, Bryce Logan Paul. By the way, I do want to bring up – I was so excited for Oleg Popov's fight. Cause, oh no! Because I thought because you know he was the I was he was one of the best prospects uh, at 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 heavyweight and you know that you could find. So now yeah. I, I go on Tapology, you know I go on websites, I I look, I click for you know like a like a half an hour, look around, watch some guys fights, and uh, I saw him and I'm like this guy and I watched a few of his fights. I saw him, I'm like this guy has some potential. He's a smaller heavyweight, but he's fucking killing it. He's Russian, so you already know that's a factor too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he's ice cold. And man, it wasn't the most entertaining fight, but he did what he had to do. I mean, I'm not saying he's like not good, but it was just, it was just all right. You know, I just wanted a little bit more. I thought I would see a sick finish, but you know, beggars can't be choosers, you know. Right? Yeah. I mean, um, overall, this is a really nice. Oh, I forgot to mention one. Uh, the fight after that one, oh, after oh, like pop off, Charlie Ward. Uh, yeah, he had a solid run in Bellator. It's pretty much come to an end, though. I mean, he. <laughs> He, he went there after getting covered in the UFC in 2016, 2017. He's like a complete joke, basically. Uh, and he rattled off a really solid run, got ranked, you know, got all the way to like a fight with Fabian Edwards where, you know, the winner of that, you know. I mean, Fabian Edwards might, you know, he's fighting Gegard and Sasa next, so uh, should have a title eliminator. Charlie Ward lost to him and then lost to Mike Shipman, so. Uh, I mean, it just tripped me off that he did go from Leota Machida to Charlie Ward. Charlie Ward did better than Leota, Leota though. I mean, you're not wrong, but Leo. <laughs> but you know what I mean. You watched the fight. Leo, yeah, I did man. watch it. I mean, Leo is still a legend, though. You know what I mean? No, 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 I agree. I agree. I see what you're saying. But um, speaking of legends, man, let's just let's let's, let's break into it. I'm so oh excited. man, Josh. I know. I know. We're about to talk about your favorite fighter on the planet. So here's, so here's you know, the thing. You're you're the man you look up to, Josh. The kind of man you want to be one day. The guy who inspires you. <laughs> you have a poster of him in your room. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know how much of a fan I am of John Jones. And now I'm just kidding, Josh. I know you had your John Jones voodoo doll in there that you want to fuck up every night. So on a on a on a true note, anybody who's anybody who knows me IRL, because this is actually kind of crazy to think about how long around how long this podcast has been around. We made this podcast John's only fought like I think twice since this podcast has been around, once or twice. And they were th- over three years ago. Um, so I don't even know if there's a lot of our fans who would know how I feel about John Jones. Angel, how do I feel about John Jones, besides the joking? You have, you have some choice words for him at times. Yeah, so. I think he's a piece of shit as a human being. But <laughs> what I will go ahead and say is that I do think he's the greatest fighter of all time. One of the greatest fighters of all time, excuse me. And I think that uh, he's very entertaining, and I'm actually excited for his comeback. Uh, as I say, Josh, Fedor fought a few months ago. Or yeah, I know. Right? Earlier this month, I mean. The true go is retired, but John Jones is back, so that'll be fun. But, <laughs> but on a serious note, you know, if, if John cleans up his act, I mean, I don't want John Jones to be a fuck-up. I don't – like, as much as I think, like, he's a bad person, I don't want the, John Jones to be a bad person. Like, I'd prefer if he did not, like, you know, beat his fiance to a pulp. 
You know, I'd prefer if he did not do that in front of his kids. You would probably, like, fucking traumatize him. We're going to have to get years of therapy. You know what I mean? I don't want that to happen. So if John Jones can turn his life around, I'm all for it. But, you know, I, I have had some choice words for him in the past. You know, it's been three years. I'll treat him like a new man, and uh, that's that's the type of per- that's just how I feel about I'm, it. I mean, Josh, uh, new year, new him, right? I mean, I mean, look, the, it has been three years since we've seen John Jones. Now, granted, he got arrested twice in that time, including one a year and a half ago. But I can believe him. I mean, after- Josh, who doesn't catch a few charges here and there? Have well, you it- caught one in the past two years as well? <laughs> what I will say is that I can believe. You know, I'll give him a, I'll give him this. He said, you know, after his last arrest that like he doesn't want to live like that anymore. And so I'll treat him like he's a new man and until he fucks so. up again. Until if or when he fucks up again, I will we'll discuss it then. But as far as John Jones right now, I'm gonna treat him like a clean slate. So Respect, that, respect, Josh. Honestly respect. That all that being said, Bones is back, baby. UFC two eighty five T Mobile Arena, Las Vegas, Nevada, one of the greatest fighters of all time making his return to the cage. And he's going to be in. Not only is he making a return to the cage, he is doing something that he has teased for 10 years. Dude, since I've been watching MMA, a lot of the newer fans have known this, but since I've been watching MMA, and since John Jones pretty much, I think 2013 was the first time he mentioned it, so dead on 10 years, he's been discussing moving up to heavyweight. And with his giant-ass frame, I understand that people thought, like, oh, you know, he needed to put up the weight on properly. He's 6'4 with an 84.5-inch reach. The guy is a... The guy, if he wanted to make the headweight move at any time, he was going to be, you know, right there. So, that being said, he's taking on Bon Gimel, Cyril Gaon, one of the greatest uh, headweights on the planet today, former interim champion, and I think a guy that uh, is a fast learner, too. I think it's easy to forget that he... Uh, let me put it in perspective. By the time that uh, John Jones, last time he fought, Cyril Gaon was not a ranked fighter. In fact, he had just gotten to the UFC. He was, his first fight was in August of 2019. So that just kind of puts it in perspective, you know, uh, the, the kind of career these guys have had. But now we're here, three years off. John Jones, on paper, this should be, if John Jones is the John Jones that he has been for the majority of his career, he should be able to get this done. But there is the questions, you know. It's been three years since he fought, and whenever he last fought, he did not look like the John Jones we knew. It looked like he was starting to get worn down. It looked like he was starting to have, you know, the decades of training and fighting. It looked like he was starting to take its toll. Angel, give me your excitement level and kind of give me your thoughts on the fight, man. I mean, Josh, I mean, I'm. It's a return. You know what I mean? Return of the king. I know that you're buzzing. I mean, I have to be. Look, like like you said, Josh, it's always exciting when John is fighting. You know, it, it's better to have him in the sport than not. Uh, Matchup-wise, I mean, look, I think if he was slowing down at 205 a little bit, you know, just aging and speed-wise, heavyweight isn't, isn't a bad move, right? Obviously, guys are not going to be as quick as they are here. There's very few guys who are very mobile and quick in this division. The only issue is he's fighting that guy who's pretty quick and mobile with fast hands in this division named Cyril Gaon. So... Begs the question, what can John do? Well, John is very good at this thing called wrestling, Josh. And we have seen that there's a hole there. Obviously, Francis Agano being a very hefty 260-pound heavyweight who cuts down there. I mean, that's what ended up winning him the fight. Obviously, though, Cyril Gaon, very talented in his own right, very very fast learner, a very intelligent fighter, actually. He's around, obviously, made, obviously transitioned to MMA. He 
does his IQ is still developing, has made some mistakes. Let me tell you this though, Josh. If there's one thing about John Jones that people don't really think about is his IQ in fighting. He has a very high fight IQ and uh it's levels in years ahead of Searle, so I think that will definitely play a factor. And uh another big thing is how is John gonna carry the weight? How is he gonna transition the heavyweight? How comfortable is he gonna be in an actual fight environment? How 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 is the layoff gonna affect him? You know, we've seen like Tatiana Suarez, Sean Strickland, we've seen people come back uh from layoffs and you know, I need a little bit of time. I mean he's going right into the fire. He's going right into a title fight. Five fucking rounds, new weight class, new look and a, and a fresh guy, fresh as you can fucking get, hungry, mm-hmm. nothing to lose, you know? Yeah. And, uh, Searle, dude, I mean, I imagine he's worked, and, and it, look, it's, it's, it's a fact. He's had to work on his wrestling. He's definitely trying to improve it. We know there's a submission game there, but wrestling is one of those hard things to learn, Josh. You know, you just don't get it. I mean, we've had people who've completely dedicated and switched camps to get better at wrestling, you know, Girls like Whaley, Charles Oliveira, who tried to do it, Volkanovski, who brought in some guys to do it, right? Uh, and there, I mean, I'm sure there's more that, it, that I haven't even named for other stylistic matchups that they brought in people to help them to do that. I mean, shit, GSP, when he was getting ready to fight BJ Penn, I know he brought in quite a few jiu-jitsu guys to try to help him at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, even in his uh, Johnny Hendricks fight, I think he brought in some guys to help and assist him in that uh, in that department as well. Um Obviously, nothing new there. I, I, fuck, man, it's a tough one. I, I, I want to like, I'm, I'm picking it for the culture. I want to see it happen, Josh. I'm picking John Bones, Jones. I got to do it, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Not surprised. Um, I'm happy to go, Josh. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. And I actually like John Jones might be the safe pick here. And I've gone back and forth on this fight a lot. Like, I've, uh, I don't know, man. Because it's it's weird, and I haven't I don't know if we've had a fight like this. It's this weird in a long time. I thought I thought Charles Sonnen put it pretty well, actually. Funnily enough, I don't say that too often these days. Um, yeah. He said, you know, like, oh like, come on, Josh, Charles. Charles I love Papa Chael for entertainment, not for actual takes. He's like he's like the Taco Bell of MMA media, you know. Oh, fuck man. <laughs> when I want when I want some fast and casual, you know, like like for example, I love. A fucking case Dorito. You throw some fucking. You throw in some potatoes in there too. You know my dog. Like some steak, potato case Dorito. Boom. You're high as shit on Elixir Code Sound Off. <laughs> Order that. Ooh, great plug. And then you and it's 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 the equivalency. That is that not how Chill Sunday is? Like when I pull up a Chill video, I'm not actually going for like some Luke Thomas fucking Dan Hardy level breakdown. I'm going because I've got like seven minutes. Chill posted a video and I think it'll be fun. You know. And you're on the toilet, too, to top it off. There, there you go. Same. Because I ate that Taco Bell earlier. I had that quesadilla. <laughs> Make some bad decisions on Delta 8s. But anyway, so, yeah, I mean, this fight, it's a, it's a guy who hasn't fought in three years. It didn't look great when he left versus a guy who was 1-1 one one in his last two and, uh, like, uh, lost in his, in his big championship moment not that long ago. So it's kind of weird through that perspective. Both of these guys are very mortal, and yet they feel immortal at the same time. You know, Cyril's only lost once in his entire career. It was to Ngannou. He was undefeated in Muay Thai. I believe he was undefeated in uh, kickboxing, but I'm pretty sure he wasn't like a major. He did the Andrew Tate kickboxing, I'm pretty sure. You know what I mean? Uh, he may not have even done any of that. I mean, kickbo- just... Kickboxing might not even be a real sport, Josh. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I may not be. Are we sure it's real? Same thing as Australia. Um, 
But uh, <laughs> Gone Man, he's only lost once in his career. He's undefeated in Muay Thai. Up until that in Gone fight, he's undefeated in MMA. He's very young in the sport. I think it was important to remember, uh, important to mention. And uh, I, I, I'm gonna take Cyril Gone Man. I think it's ultimately, it's the same thing. It's the same. It's pretty much, I'm using the same logic that I used to come to the conclusion about the Tommy Fury fight, uh, Tommy and Jake Paul. On paper, Tommy Fury should have won that fight. He's a more technical guy. On paper, Cyril Gaon should win this fight. You know what I mean? He's a more technical guy. He's active. He's used to the weight class, and he's a big motherfucker. If you're looking at the guys who have been able to challenge John in the past, right, it's guys who are actually his size. I'm not even saying, like, challenge in terms of winning, because obviously nobody's beaten him. But Gus had a case to beat him in the first fight. Reyes did beat him in, the, in that fight, for being really honest. Although, you know, <laughs> it was pretty close. Uh, and even guys like OSP, who are of a comparable size, they didn't beat John Jones. I, I will say for the OSP one though, Josh. That was after a layoff though, too. That was all. That was off a layoff, and uh, but you know, OSP also had a broken arm in that one, so it goes both ways. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's factors. I mean, it's, there's obviously factors going to every fight, but ultimately, I think uh, if you're just looking at what is the what is oh god, no, no wonder Rose always struggles. <laughs> if you're looking at the thing, it's the, it's the key thing. It's like he's always struggled against guys who are kind of closer to his uh, his actual size. And Sirogan might actually be bigger than him. And I think if you're using the idea that, like, well, you know, Nganu outgrappled him. You know, Nganu also outgrappled Stipe in their second fight. You know what I mean? Fucking stuff to take down, got one of his own. Like, he had some great moments. So I think that uh, using that as the idea is not really... Like, Sirogan's legitimately very good. He was 150-50 leg lock away from being the heavyweight champion. Uh, and I think that he's good enough to beat John Jones. I think, like I said, you've got to think logically, man. John Jones, long, long layoff, didn't look great when he left to begin with, new weight class, there's just so much working against him. Like, if he does win, I'll, I'll actually, I'll put it out there right now. I think if he beats Cyril Gaon, uh, he might be the GOAT. Or at least yeah, he'll I, probably move up in my in my uh, my standing look, right now. I, I won't be surprised either, Josh. Like if he listens to this, I'll be like, oh, okay, it's it's Cyril God, dude. Like he's that guy. He is him. He is him. At the yeah, end. I mean, it also it comes down to if you take. It's always been the the idea of like if you take the names out of it, you know, if you did not know this was John Jones, you'd be like, oh, this guy's gonna, you know. That's a good point. It'll be competitive, but, it'll but I mean, Josh, you got to have the name because it plays such a big factor. Exactly. Of, exactly. Because of because of John, what John's done in the sport and because of Cyril's done in the sport in such a short amount of time. I mean, he he is very young in his MMA career, which could be a good thing and a bad thing at the same time. John has seen everything. I don't think there's a lot Cyril can do that John hasn't seen. <laughs> and I don't think Cyril's ever fought a guy like John either. John's a dirty motherfucker in the words of our boy Hampage. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Obviously, that's true. I, I, but I also don't think I, I don't know, man. I I think that John Jones doesn't find anybody like Cyril Gaon. I think it goes. I think it goes both ways. No, no, you're that's that's the thing too. I mean, I mean Cyril Gaon is. Uh, I mean, I, I like. I really think if um, in, in a weird way, not similar at all, but because of the stand up, this is the closest thing we're ever going to get to Israel Adesanya versus John Jones. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, I think when, whenever it comes to Cyril Gaon, he's such an athletic talent. And I think if he just had managed to avoid, if he if he were able to close it out against Ngannou, think about how much differently he'd be viewed. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And I'm gonna I'm gonna treat him like that, man. Like he was 50, he was a fifty fifty leg lock away from. <laughs> it's a good question. Just so you know, I just read it in the chat real quick. Yeah, yeah, naughty. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, gone. Yeah, he he's a savage. I'm gonna pick him to win. I would not be surprised if all of John Jones won. 
but I don't know. I uh, I think Gon's going to go ahead and get it done. Coming in it, though, because there's more gold on the line this weekend, because this card is actually pretty fucking stacked, boys. Um, Valentina Shevchenko taking on Alexa Grasso. We just saw Shevchenko, uh, like, back in uh, last June, be challenged, be challenged for the first time in her career, if we're being honest. At least in flyweight, excuse me. Before that, she had only lost two rounds total. And Talia Santos took two, three rounds of her, man. Like, she was a one-score card away from winning. And uh, Shevchenko's been out since then, but she will now be facing Grasso. You know the story. Four wins in a row. Ever since she's moved down to flyweight, she's just looked better. She looks like she's improved on her ground game. She looks like her combinations have improved. She's added some more tools to the toolbox. What do you think, man? Um, Shevchenko's a huge favorite. And if she wins this one, there's actually a lot of more interesting matchups that'll be up next. But, uh... Will she be able to get there? Do you think Alexa Grasso will pull the upset and be the third Mexican champion in 2023? I, I, I want to talk about Shashenko a little bit and her within the last year and kind of what she's been doing. I, I don't want to say this played a factor into that Talia Santos fight. I, want, I don't want to say she had uh, commitment issues or anything, but she's been busy, man. She's a gal of many talents. I mean, she speaks multiple languages. She has multiple hobbies. She's very... Likes to explore, likes culture, likes people, you know, that, that is very much in her wheelhouse. And, uh, I know she was doing like a lot of like, kind of like van traveling stuff like that. And I almost wonder if that affected her last year and kind of maybe not being settled down one place, being in training camp, you know, working out constantly. Obviously she was taking care of herself. She was also doing some competitive shooting stuff last year. I'm curious to see if maybe that stuff had kind of affected her a little bit, kind of like, okay, you know, I need to kind of dial back on my hobbies a little bit, get back because and look, obviously, Talia Santos, you know, styles make fights. Maybe that's all it was. I'm curious to see how she comes back, you know. I thought she looked good in the Talia Santos fight. But even then, she showed some mortality for the first time in a while. I've always said, though, that if you're going to beat Valentina, it's not going to be in the stand-up. It's going to be on the ground. Uh, Alyssa Gross, obviously, I'd say – not even I'd say. I mean, it's, it's fact. She's primarily a stand-up fighter who, for a while there, struggled on the ground but has actually developed her ground game more – because she used to be one of those people that will get on her back and, okay, I'm here. Uh, I'm going to just hold here and hopefully they stand us up for lack of, you know what I mean? Not much. Now she's kind of more active down there, is not afraid to take the fight down there either. I think she's a purple belt now, almost a brown belt. So she's she's grown in that aspect. Obviously, her stand-up is getting better. Obviously, Mexico, I mean, abundant in boxing coaches, striking coaches, you know, Muay Thai karate schools i mean that's one thing that mexico has found some success in in the olympics as well um and all that and obviously right now the mexicans are hot man in mma you know what i mean there's a lot of success (laughs) there's a lot of uh backing up uh i follow quite a few of uh mexican mma fighters who aren't in the ufc girls a lot of gals who are kind of on the come up like i follow these two three gals and they're they're behind gross obviously they got to be right you know you want to you want to represent you got to you want to see your follow um, people of your country succeed, you know, like anybody would. Um, but she she has a tall task, man. I, I really don't think – I mean, in the striking department, it, it's she's not going to have anything, dude, especially that Muay Thai style that Valentina brings up. I mean, there's no girl who I think could potentially bring anything for her in the stand-up outside of potentially a man and pro, but I think just because Manon has uh, kickboxing behind her. But even then, I'm like, Muay Thai, kickboxing. I'm going to go Muay Thai most of the time, you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, on the ground, look, we know there's a, a little blueprint there. There's something there. But even then, like we said, Valentina is no 
you know, fish on the ground. She has capabilities down there. She got out of the ground, didn't get submitted, but if there is a place you can catch her and get her, it's going to be down there. I just don't think she's going to allow that to happen. She's she, knowing her and how intelligent she is because she has a very high IQ. She's very smart in the cage, out of the cage, and in her personal life. I think she'll clean that up. She's coming back. She's going to be strong. She's going to show, look, Alexa Gross is not going to beat me and, not, and no one else in this division to beat me right now either. I don't care how young you're on the come up. She already made some comments about Angel Blanchfield, Josh, earlier this week. I don't know if you saw that. Saying that she was a bit green, and I don't think it's her time. Yeah, she compared her to Macy Barber. Yeah, so which I mean, I don't know if I. Yeah, I'm in love with that one, man. (laughs) Yeah, I don't don't know about that, but you know, I I think this is kind of a a good wake up. I think she's going to give a wake up wake up call to the division and show show us. I'm still here. Nothing's changed. It was just one close fight, and I'm I was a little off that night. Let's get it. But at the same time, I do think Alexa Grasso. Who knows? Maybe. The striking has got to that point. Maybe there is some little stuff we can see on the feet that she can do. They maybe throw Valentina off, maybe throw some pacing. I mean, there's a lot of tape on Valentina now. She's been in a lot of five-round fights. They haven't all gone the five rounds, obviously, but there's something there. And like I said, we finally saw some vulnerabilities. Maybe Alexa Grosso and her team can do something. And like I said, when you see your fellow compatriots succeeding, it kind of makes you want to rise up. It builds you up. It makes you better, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, in terms of, I think you preview the fight pretty well there. I mean, I think for me, it comes down to uh, pretty, it's honestly a pretty simple fight for me, for me to preview. Unless, unless, excuse me, unless Alexa Grasso has made massive improvements in her stand-up or on the ground. I mean, I understand that she's actually looked pretty, pretty, like, you know, she's looked more confident on the ground. Obviously, there were a couple of fights earlier in her UFC stint where ultimately she was just able to kind of be held against the fence or held against the ground and didn't know how to handle it. She's actually improved. She's more offensive when on the mat. I know that she picked up a submission win over, I think, was it Joanne Calderwood, I think, during her flyweight run. I don't remember exactly if that was Joanne, but regardless, I know that she's gotten a couple of sub wins down at 125. I think Alexa Grasso comes down to the fact that just her on uh, on the feet, she's solid, but I think her best is not as good as Shevchenko on the feet. I think on the ground, her best is not as good as Shevchenko's best. I'm going to go ahead and pick Shevchenko to win. Now, I do think Alexa Grasso will impress some people. I've always been very high on her. I think that she's got that fucking dog in her. And I think the way that you've seen her improvement over the last year or two is so fucking commendable. Because um, she saw the things weren't working out. She saw, the, like, all right, I'm ranked around 15th. I'm 10-15 at straw weight. But I don't want to be 10 or 15. I'm going to go ahead and move up and wait. I'm going to fucking knuckle down. I'm going to go ahead and become a contender. And she has done that. And I'm very proud of her improvement, but I think it's just too much too soon. And I'm assuming you're on the same page. Yeah, no. I mean, look, we we don't know. It, I mean, fight night comes around. We might see a whole different Alexa Grasso, dude. Exactly. So, um, but as of right now, with the information that we have, I'm going to go ahead and uh, call uh, Shevchenko win. Uh, that being said, though, this main, this main card, no more title fights, but... From uh, from here, smooth, say, uh, smooth sailing, because you've got some of the greatest prospects in the UFC on this card, and a lot of big names, former title challengers, former champions. So let's go ahead and move one on down, because Shavkat Rachmanov is, I, I mean, he's up there as the greatest prospect in the UFC. I don't know if he's taking that jump to contender yet. Um, cause Fuck, he's, he's not he's, far from it. Though, no, John. no, he's, yeah, well, that's that's the point. This is this is the fight. This is the fight to see if he can take the jump from being a highly viewed contender to uh, excuse me, from being a uh, highly viewed prospect to being a uh, possible contender. Uh, Jeff Neal, ranked number seven, 
back-to-back wins over Vasite Luque and Santiago Ponzinibbio, a guy that came into UC with a lot of hype. He ultimately faltered whenever he, whenever he was tasked with bigger competition against Wonderboy New Maggie, but his last two wins have been very, very impressive, especially the one over Luque. And uh, now taking off Shavkat, Shavkat, a fucking savage. <laughs> I mean, nobody's made it out of the third round with the guy. Uh, do you think Jeff Neal will be able to pull off the upset, or do you think it's going to be another big win for Shavkat Rachmanov? Look, I mean, Jeff Neal has heavy hands. He's strong. Hands of steel, one would say. Yeah, yeah. But fuck, dude. <laughs> no, I didn't like that one? All right. <laughs> no, 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 I'm saying, but, like, Shockvon has, this guy has never lost, and no man has ever seen a scorecard against him. This guy's 16-0 and 0 and never seen a scorecard in his professional career. Doesn't know what a scorecard looks like. Doesn't even know how it's read out. Guy doesn't even speak English, so it's not even going to matter if they get there. Uh, I guess Jeff Neal, man, I mean, it's hard not to pick Shabbat, man. He looks so hot right now. Win after win after win. Finish every single time on the ground, on the feet. He is a menace. He's tall to deal with. His limbs are, he's, he, I mean, he has long legs, long arms. He's already awkward for the division. He has power. I don't know what Jeff Neal can do here. I feel like he's at a decent disadvantage because mm-hmm. what do you do? There's been no weakness since his entrance in the UFC. Maybe in his early career, but... I, he, dude, I, he's literally the Vitor Belfort UFC 12 graphic of no weaknesses. <laughs> that's the thing, man. Where is the weakness? The gas tank? I haven't seen him gas. The striking? I've never seen him take a hard punch. The wrestling? He does great on the ground. Never have seen a submission been thrown up against him. What do you fucking do? <laughs> At least fucking Cosmot had trouble, but it, was un- it wasn't until we saw Gilbert Burns. I mean, I think this will be his potential equivalent of a Gilbert Burns fight. But even then, I don't know if Jeff Neal is that guy, and I don't think he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same page here, man. I think that... Uh... And Jeff Neal's had trouble against long guys. Uh, Wonder yeah. Boy... Neil Magny, Kevin Holland. So it's already kind of like a little, you know, it's already looking a little sus there. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, uh, what it comes down to for me, I just, I don't see how he'll win. I mean, I think unless he catches him, he could absolutely catch him. Let me be clear. Jack Neal is a fucking savage, you know, very heavy hands, great movements. I mean, in the chaos, right? Like, he can catch him in some crazy... Exactly, exactly. But even then, Shockva is good in... Like, even when he does get in those chaotic exchanges, you don't see him absorbing anything. Well, here's the problem, too, is he not only does he not absorb anything, fucking guy could just take you down and maul you down there, too, you know? And right? And if even... even, And he doesn't have to hit you up close. He can hit you from far away. Yeah, I mean, he's just... He's down every single end. It's a fucking cheat code, dude. It's kind of like a... He's kind of like this... Like... Early day John Jones, right? Long, hard, very little weakness, can wrestle, can strike, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously not, not the same, but kind of to give a kind of similar archetype, right? Yeah. Yeah, I just don't see how. I'm going to take Shotgun. I, I, I love Jeff Neal. I think it's just such a terrible matchup for him. Have you seen those Instagram edits where it's like, uh, it'll show like, like, it'll be for different things, but it'll be like, like, I think one I saw was like baby versus pitbull. It was like strength, pitbull, brain, pitbull, uh, speed, pitbull, uh, (laughs) 
you know, stuff like that. You know, for shock it's like striking, shock bot, uh, conditioning, shock bot, power, shock bot, finishing ability, shock, you know, it's like that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just don't see a way that Jeff is going to win. So, you know. He's the, I mean, he's the first guy we've seen in a while who has, like, no hole. Yeah. Because even with Shemai, he could be like, well, he, he has gassed a little bit. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, and that makes sense, too, because he's just so fucking electric. Yeah, you know, like, you you could say that, but with, with Shafa, there's been no hole. Exactly. Where is the hole? Where do I put, what is the flex tape? Where do I put the flex tape? <laughs> yeah, right? Where's, Where's the, the water tape? coming from? <laughs> I can't see where the water's coming from, Josh. Okay. Okay. Let's let, let's move on. Let's let's. <laughs> Anyways, man. I mean, we're both picking. Great, it's a great analogy. You can't deny that. Yeah, we're both we're both picking shot down. But uh, next up, a couple of lightweights that are both a lot of fun. This is a short notice matchup for one of them, but Mateus Gamrot coming in to face Jalen Turner. This is a banger, dude. What do you think? Fuck, dude. I feel bad for Jalen Turner. I mean, what a matchup change at short notice. I mean. Going from Dan Hooker to Mateus Gamrot, I mean, it's not even the same fight, dude. Obviously, it's not super crazy short notice, but it's decent enough where your camp can be changed around to fight this kind of style. Uh, I mean, Jalen Turner was one of those guys that, record-wise, early on, you're kind of like, man, 13-5 and doesn't look that great, but all those losses came early on. Obviously, fought at welterweight. At the start of UFC career, then he made the weight change. I don't know if he did that just because maybe he took a fight on short notice or or whatever. I think it was a short fight on short notice because Vincente looking at it. I'm looking at it. Matt Frivola lost win, uh, in there. But Matt Frivola in his honor, he's, look, you know, he's, he's got a few dubs now. Otman Ozaitar, not of all this. Uh, but since then, man, Josh Akolibau, Brock Weaver, Orioles Medich, Jimmy Malarkey, Brad Riddell, I mean, a solid you know, been in names there. And, I mean, potentially he could have had Dan Hooker in that too. Uh, instead, he gets Mateus Gamera, which I, I, I don't know if Jalen Turner should have been in the rankings this quick. You know, and it's no disrespect to him, right? I mean, those are solid wins. But I felt like it might have been a little too soon. I, I, I mean, obviously, the Brad Riddell win was so fucking good, dude. Like, obviously, you can't deny that. And for this, for this division being, you know, he's 6'3", the fucking very long reach. I mean, he's already, it's already a stylistic kind of, uh, big change for a lot of people in this weight class where there's not very many guys like him. I mean, they fucking nicknamed the Tarantula, so. Yeah. Um, Gamrod, I think it's just too much, man. I mean, a lot of experience, the wrestling, he's tough as fuck to get out of there, has a great chin. Um, I mean, maybe he struggles with the, with the height initially. It is short notice, but I think stylistically, I mean, I think it could be almost catered to him to, to come in here, take this guy down, and do whatever he wants. I mean, I mean, maybe he has some trouble with conditioning. Maybe he didn't have enough time, but he looks a guy who stays in pretty good shape year-round. Um, I, I just don't know if Jalen Turner can get it done this time around. I think, uh, if anything, we'll see Jalen Turner, Turner's level here. I mean, if he can adapt to this, get this win... Fuck me, dude. Holy fuck. I mean, that is a splash in the division at 155 that I did not see coming at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's why I was so intrigued with the Dan Hooker fight, because I thought it was a proper build-up to his career. 
as far as the direction they were going. They were giving him the names. It was, it was a decent pace. Because he's 27, man. He's one of, he has to be the youngest guy ranked right now at 155. I mean, I don't think anybody's close to him. It's probably a Cayman Grant Dawson. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is an interesting fight, man. I'm very intrigued by this one because I think if this if this were not short notice, I'd pick Mateus Gamrot very easily. Um, it's the fact that he's not. And the fact that Gamrot took this fight back in about two weeks ago, actually. Um, so that's not a whole lot of time. And he just fought against, you know, Benil Dariush in, I believe, late October. It's not that big of a, of a layoff. And uh, Jalen Turner, meanwhile, I mean, been out of action whenever Brad Riddell. Like I said, if this one were a normal fight, I'd absolutely pick Mateus Gamrod. I don't know, man. I got a weird feeling about Jalen Turner. You think I, so? I'm. I mean, I, I honestly don't even know if he'll win, but I just got a, I just got a good feeling, and I'm riding with my gut on this one. Now that's probably a problem because I'm not sure if you followed our picks this year, Angel. We've been in the shitter. <laughs> I, look, I, I bounced back last week, man. I, I you did bounce one. back last week, and we're both. I believe we're both in the positive now. I mean, so. this, 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 this fight card is a big one for me, but I think, I think we'll be fine, Josh. You know? Yeah. All right, so are you going Gamma or Turner? I'm gonna go ahead and, uh, man, I'll take t- I'll, for the for the sake of argument, make it fun. I'll take Turner. You know, I, I respect that. I mean, my big thing too with Gamera, Josh. I mean, he was he was with Johnny Ablin during his whole yeah. training camp. So I'm like, he has to be in somewhat decent shape. That was my other thing too that I looked into. So that makes sense, yeah. and especially if you're helping if you're helping a guy for a world title, I mean, you can't you can't be out of shape, dude. You got to be pretty conditioned, in my opinion. But we'll see. I mean, I I mean, we're a few days away now. I mean, it's a big card, a lot of pressure, and Gamrot kind of risking it here, right? Because he, he's in a decent place in the rankings. He'd be going down the rankings a little bit. He's 32. He's really not that far away in the title, especially in this division. Mm-hmm. He's very talented. His style is good. Yo, it just shows that dog in him, though. And he's, he decided he's, to take this fight. Yo, no, you're not wrong. This motherfucker's a beast. I almost said some other shit. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless, I'm ready. Anyways, um... Yeah, interesting fight. Yeah, I think it's it could go either way. But anyways, man, last fight on the main card. We know who we're going to pick in this one, but uh, still very excited for it. Bo Nickel taking on Jamie Pickett, the Night Wolf. Uh, yeah, we know the story of Bo Nickel. One of the greatest prospects uh, in MMA right now and probably ever, if you're looking at his uh, his history on the mats. Uh, guy's a fucking beast. And undefeated in MMA, not even just undefeated. I don't think anybody's escaped the first minute with him. So, uh, what do you think, man? I mean, who, do you, who do you think's going to win here? I mean, I expect to see a Bo Nickel blowout. I mean, it's, if, if, Josh, I mean, we see this a lot of times with specialists. With, if they get the proper matchup, they're going to blow through them. And I honestly think, I mean, Jamie Pickett, yeah, he's experienced. He's been around the block. But against even, like, lower-level guys, he's had his struggles. I mean, he lost this guy who's 10-6, Denise Julian, a Russian that I, I don't even know if he still fights in the UFC. Like, I'm not trying to be disrespectful here, but... Kyle Dawkins, I mean, good guy in his own right. Jordan Wright, a one-round fighter. He lost to Tafona Chawuki, who's a guy who had four professional fights when he fought him. I mean, he has nine now. Uh, Pauliano Serrano, who he fought on the Katera series, who, I mean, we, I mean, he's a good guy. We've seen him now, but even then he's had his own struggles. Uh, I mean, you can tell they're kind of giving Bo Nickel, you know, a, not a layup here, but they're, 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 they're building him up the right way. They're giving him a guy with experience. Um, I mean, we'll have to see. I mean, he's going to be one of those guys who I hope they don't necessarily take it slow, but they do the proper matchup. Like, okay, 
Jimmy Pickett was too easy. Who's next up from, you know, him? Yeah. And, you know, I, I want to see stuff like that. Uh, you know, I think, we'll, I think interesting guys would be like guys like Roman Kopilov, Eric Anders, uh, Jacob McClune, uh, Armin Petrosian. I mean, there's, there's a fucking, even Poliana Serrano who's in this division. I mean, there's a lot of guys who could give him who have lower, smaller records that they could make fights with him because obviously with him having such a small record, it causes some trouble with some athletic commissions. But I mean, obviously with him and the kind of success we'll have, obviously I think a lot of athletic commissions would go to look past the record and be like, yeah, we can make this fight happen. Because mm-hmm. that was a, that was another issue, right? That they thought he was going to have trouble getting fights because of his record. But I mean, that's fuck, it won't matter if he's winning the way he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, this fight is is not very interesting to me from a competitive standpoint, but I think obviously we know the story with, with Bo Nickel, um, greatest prospect in the UFC, arguably one of the greatest prospects ever. If we're talking guys that have just come over from other sports, uh, yeah, he's going to go ahead and win, and I expect him to do it in dominant fashion. For me, the the big thing about Bo Nickel is not if he'll win this fight; it's how quickly will the UFC roll him, I guess, so to speak. Like, are they going to go ahead and after this one? Are they thinking, you know, maybe a ranked guy? Or are we talking top 25? Because, I mean, let's be honest. Jamie Pickett seems like a nice guy. He's had some fun fights. But if we're being honest, he, he's bottom tier of the UFC. I mean, I mean, if he, he beats him. He got knocked out by Jordan Wright inside of a minute. So. Yeah, I mean, if he beats him, I think you need to find the next guy who's not ranked, who has – who's – Decently, who's pretty rounded, you know what I mean? Maybe he's not necessarily pushing for the rankings yet, but he's not very far from it, you know? I think that's what they need to do. Who exactly that guy may be, I don't know off the top of head, but I think that's what the next logical step is, is finding that guy who has a nice balance of uh, stand-up and some ground game. Not necessarily a wrestling guy or, or anything like that, but a guy who can counter-wrestle, stop some takedowns, maybe has a few submission wins, has a... Uh, some ability on the ground, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but regardless, we'll see how they go ahead and roll, but he will go ahead and get a big win, I'm sure, on Saturday. Rest of the card, though, I mean... Still stacked. Stacked, dude. I mean, which ones are... Now, granted, there's a lot of good picks here, but which fights are you most looking forward to this weekend? I feel like we got to make our way down the prelims real quick, Josh, and kind of kind of do some quick hitters here. I mean, Cordy Garbrandt, Trevor Jones... Wow, wow, wow. What a step back in competition, Josh. I mean, no disrespect to Trevin Jones. Trevin Jones is a very fun fighter, but I mean, I mean, the way Cody's been looking, I mean, this is, this is what he needed, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they, they, he got Pedro Munoz. They gave him a half L of Sunsau. Rob Font, Kai Kara. Okay. Not cutting it. This is not it. Obviously, the Ronnie Yaya fight never came to happen. Julio Arce didn't happen either. Uh, so they had a, well, I think originally it was Julio Arce and then they, Trevin Jones stepped in. Uh, let's see, man. I mean, if he loses to Trevin Jones, I mean, I, I, I hate to be that guy, but I think Cody Garbrandt might not be the same fighter he was, uh, well, like he was earlier in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, because a former champ like Cody Garbrandt, a guy who, and Cody Garbrandt, who beat the level of guys he did and competing as level of guys he did and, and looked good in those fights. Should not be losing to Trevin Jones. No, he should. And, that, and, and that's no disrespect to Trevin Jones, but it really is the truth. Yeah, I mean, they're they're if this he loses one, it's it's game set match essentially, right? I mean, thirty one years old, one win in his last six. It sucks to say. I mean, he he definitely uh, if he loses this one, I mean, he has to be thinking. I mean, I'm not saying I'm talking retirement necessarily. He's 
But he ha- he has to take a step back and really think about long term in his career. Yeah. What what is what is what is his plan long term is? I mean, am I really going to be champion? Am I or am I going to take fun fights or should I ask for my release from the UFC and go to a different league and maybe make more money and see if I can find success there? You know. Yeah. Because he could I mean, he I, could get paid. I mean, he is a name. I mean. And and Trevin Jones. Let me be clear. He could win this fight. He's he's he's, he's, he's dangerous. He's a dangerous guy, 32 years young. He's right in a three-fight losing streak, which a lot of people look at. But dude also knocked out Timor Valuev, knocked out Mario Bautista. Those are two two good dudes, you know. Yeah. Um. So Cody only losses are at a high level. Yeah, exactly. And Cody, so Cody, Cody Garbrandt has a chance of losing this fight. The fact that it's short notice, though, the fact that you know, if you look at his resume, Kai Car France, Rob Font, Pedro Munoz, Ted, TJ Dillashaw, those are the four dudes he lost to. All killers. I mean, it's all high killers. Level. It's high level. So if he loses this one, you know, we'll have a conversation. But until then, we'll see what happens. But um, he's not the only guy returning because there's a couple of other big ones on this card, man. Derek Brunson, Drikus Duplicis, who just fought in December, making a quick turnaround. I'm very excited for that one. Blonde Brunson back for the first time since his loss to fucking Jared Cannonier last February. Dang, a year. Fuck a year. Dude. We'll see if Blonde Brunson is, uh, you know. Can pull 30, off another 39 one. 39 years young now, Josh, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, also, Julian Marquez coming back. Marc-Andre Barriolt. Vivian Arguero. Amanda Hebos. Which That's is a banger. Sure. That's a banger, dude. So, yeah. Completely agree. Um, and then a couple other names to watch. Ian Gary. Jessica Panay. Uh, Thomas Ricci should be facing off on the... Uh, the under, like the early, early prelims, and then I want to go and just give a shout out to. It's honestly, I don't know if he'll, if he'll be like just a uh, a prospect or whatever. Probably neither. Demon Blackshear, the monster. This guy, <laughs> what a very name. entertaining, um, dominant on the mat. He's going to be taking on. Farad Basharat, who actually already beat Trevin Jones, I believe in his last fight. Uh, so that's that's an it's a low key banger to watch in the early. Pre-season. Wrong Basharat, dude. I had to double check myself. What? No way. There's, there's two. There's two guys with the last name of Basharat. There, there's Farid and there's I think Havid. Uh, that's just insulting. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's two Basharats. I don't know if they're related. Not not going to claim that, but there's uh-huh. two different ones. Uh. Oh, you're right. I mean, entertaining stuff here. Uh, Mata Martinez, who Cameron, Cameron Simon, dude, who I swear to God, this guy fought in December, but it feels like much shorter than that. And he had a fun performance again. Uh, Stephen Coslow, Obi-Wan Shinobi, the pillow, which I mean, what a fucking nickname. Right. Uh, I mean, that, that matchup, uh, I mean, I did not feel very confident in his opponent doing good in that. Ian Gary, it didn't. I completely forgot Ian Gary fought two times last year. It didn't feel like it. Did the he Ian Gary improved a lot from fight to fight? To be he has. He, he's he he his height train. I'm not saying it's not still, but it slowed down a little bit. Like it quieted down a little bit once he made it to the you know the second part. Or third I think part. everybody realized how young he was and like, all right, we'll check back in in like two years. You know, he's 25. Just got married, had a kid with his foxy wife. I mean, hey man, do your <laughs> thing. No hate. Hey man, I'm being I, I I'm being respectful. I mean, hey Gary, I tilt my head to you, my guy. Good for you. Yeah. Anyways, man, this this uh this should be a lot of fun. This is a very fun card. Um, any closing thoughts on it before we go ahead and uh, close out the show? 
No, man. I mean, it's a stacked card. Obviously, next week's recap finna go crazy. Uh, fuck, man. What's after this? I, I'm. Do we have Bellator next week? Do we even have a card next week? I, I actually would have to double check. I don't know. So next week would be the. So we we have Bellator next week. I believe are we gonna have a break from the UFC? Oh no. Is that actually a fact? I need to double check here because this is going to throw me off so hard if we don't. Da, 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 da. No, no, no. We will have the UFC. It will be Rob Davashili, Piotr Young, Banger in the Apex, Komeng, Alexander Volkov versus Romanov in the Komeng. Another banger. And fuck, I'm looking at it on topology. They snuck in Krylov versus Span onto that, which, fuck, that just made the card a lot better. I mean, it wasn't bad to begin with. But uh, that's actually very good. So, shit, Josh, I'm excited for next week. Yeah. Um, that's a fun card there. I, I forgot it was that good. Uh, yeah. A lot, a lot on this card. Some history potentially being made. A lot of stuff for the rankings. I mean, next week's to be a packed week. I think as far as talking the future of some of these guys who are fighting on this card. Uh, I know we really need to close it out here, so I'll let you take it away. Yeah, I mean. Dude, I'm very excited for next week. Uh, this week I thought was a banger, and I hope you guys thought it. I think we're improving from week to week vastly, and I think that a lot of you guys are, are loving the show. We're killing it on all of our algorithms in terms of uh, watch, like viewers and watch time and all that shit, so I appreciate it. At Joshua on Twitter, if you guys are not following me, at Angel Ortega underscore 01 at Quartzite Sound for all things related to the show. Hope you guys enjoyed uh, the show and enjoy the fights. Peace and butt grease. Mouse click.